You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey, but we want to reach this out to a wider audience, and doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. Welcome, everyone, to the PJ's Cast. I'm your host, Pierce, alongside my good pal, Schmitty. So, we have a huge trade to announce. The Columbus Blue Jackets have acquired Mathieu Olivier from the Nashville Predators, or however you say it, for the 122nd overall pick. What are your thoughts on this blockbuster trade? Uh, I honestly thought Matthew Olivier was a little higher in the Predators prospect pool. I forgot, kind of forgot he was in uh, Milwaukee for a little while. Yeah, I forgot. Um... I hope he gets an NHL crack because I feel like he definitely has the tools to be an NHL player. But um, yeah, I kind of like saw that trade. Was it yesterday? And I just was like, uh, okay, um, that's just like like all these NBA signings are coming through, and you just see Matthew Olivier get traded, and I'm just like, sure, David Poyle, sure, Yarmo Kekalainen, whatever gets your name out there, I guess. <laughs> David Poyle's always got to do that. He's always got to trade a seventh round pick for Eric, Eric Ransom. Yeah, oh <laughs> just absolutely unbelievable stuff. <laughs> I wonder how that trade comes comes about. I wonder how you get down to Matthew Olivier or however you say his name. I don't know. <laughs> it's got to be just because, like, um, like you have to like you can only have like fifty contracts or something, and they must they must have someone that that's coming into their minor leagues that's gonna. Um, probably take a step up, I would assume. Because, like, I don't think Matthew LeBay was ever going to crack the Predators roster nowadays, especially with, like, the, like, you know, come up and stuff like Trennan and uh, Janot and guys like yes, that. Like, he kind of he kind of felt – and Tomasino is another guy. And, like, uh, Tolvanen's definitely going to get a look with that kind of contract. So, um, he kind of just kind of got lost in the way. So I feel like Columbus is going to be a good restart for him. But I know we did this as a meme, but, like, I genuinely yeah. – like I like how we got Olivier's more game. out of it than I thought we would. I'm just like, let's just start it off as a joke slash meme, whatever, and we got two minutes out of it somehow. Hey, uh, why not? Why not? Yeah, exactly. It's it's our big finale episode before you and I head to Montreal. I'm looking Five at- more days. Holy Dude, I know. It's crazy. Um, We get to interview Will Scouch on Wednesday. I believe we – 
interview Emily Calvin on Thursday, like just things, so many things are switching with Emily Calvin because she's obviously a very busy person. Working but, with ESPN, like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh um, man! But both those interviews are going to be done, and we're actually heading to the draft for day one and day two. So it's it's going to be crazy, man. The, the first draft in person since 2019 in Vancouver. I can't wait to be there. The atmosphere to boo Gary Bettman to. To hear Gary Bettman say, I have a trade to announce. And then also just all like the the big picks that are being made. Like, I wonder what's going to be the more the more cider moment. Like, I remember. Oh, I already know what it's going to be. For, I'm not even trying to hint at what's coming later in the show. But uh, it's going to be when the hometown crowd boos the first overall pick. Because they're going to take Slefkowski. And it's going to oh, be. Boy. It's going to break the draft, dude. It's going to break the draft if Slefkowski goes one. I genuinely think that. But we'll, we'll get into that later. Sorry. Oh yeah. But you're right. Like, there's gonna, gonna be the Matthew Olivier trade first. There's gonna be moments like that in this draft. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we got another trade to um, tackle, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess you know, just a, just a lesser trade. Some guy named Kevin Fiala getting traded. Some guy who like scored an overtime goal against the Blackhawks in the playoffs like five years ago. Like I, don't... I, I no. <laughs> I... <laughs> so. Oh, hi, Stevie. Which, what are your thoughts on the Kevin Stevie's Fiala? a big Kevin Fiala truther, apparently. Yeah, you know what? Kind of based, honestly. I've always been a Kevin Fiala truther. I've been spewing that, and that Stevie's just latched onto it. Hmm. But for, Stevie, what do you think of the biggest trade of all, the Matthew Olivier trade? What you thinking? Yeah? You like that trade for Columbus? He's going to be a good fit alongside a Cole Sillinger? Ah. Uh, <laughs> good point there. You can see her tail right here. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know if you can hear her sniff. She was like sniffing the mic, no rubbing her head against nah, I it. I can hear the meowing. <laughs> I can hear the meowing, though. It was really cute. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, Kevin Fiala got traded to the LA Kings in exchange for Brock Faber, who was a, a highly regarded defensive prospect. Minnesota captain. And, University yes, of Minnesota captain. Um, I think I saw a picture of him in the stands of Minnesota cheering and – it was Kirill Kaprizov scoring a goal, and I think he was jumping against the blast, and you can see Brock Faber there. Mm-hmm. Also, they get the, I think, 19th overall pick. So, from LA's end of things, I think this is an amazing trade. I think you and I have talked about this a lot. Like, LA, they are they were so close to beating Edmonton. They lost that game 7-2-0. And really, if they had a player like Kevin Fiala in that game – playing with someone like Ante Kopitar instead of Andreas Athanasiu, I think things could have gone a lot differently, and they really did not have to give up, give up a whole bunch. I think for Minnesota's end of things, they were just looking to rip the Band-Aid off, get it done and over with. You got a decent defensive prospect. They kind of – Brock Faber kind of fits in Minnesota perfectly with just how they play defense with seemingly like their whole franchise history. Just, you know, not a super flashy defenseman, but a guy who's probably going to eat a lot of minutes and – Play in your top four in the 19th overall pick. Minnesota's done a great job of drafting, particularly the last few years. So mm-hmm. there's a good chance they might get someone good there. So um, even though I think Minnesota could have waited probably till the draft and dragged it out and maybe got teams to pony up more for an offer, I still think they got a decent return for Kevin Fiel. But that being said, I think LA won this trade. They get that, that extra, like, Kevin Fiala is interesting because he's always had the talent. It seems like he always gets off to a slow start in the season, and then he always has a second half. But I think when he's on, Kevin Fiala is a superstar winger in this league. And if he plays a full, like, like a consistent 80-game schedule, I think he can be a guy that gets, like, 
who's like a point per game player and like flirts with 90 points kind of thing. Um, I imagine he's going to play with Ante Kopitar again, like <laughs> Andreas Athanasiu. Um, like that's a, that's a, that's a way better player playing on uh, Kopitar's wing. And even if he doesn't play with Kopitar, you look at like Philip Deneau, even though I don't think they want to break up that line of Moore, Deneau and Arvidsson. But again, it just, it gives them so much option. They can play him with Alex Turcotte. They can play him with Gwen Byfield. It's just LA. They're so well built in their prospect pool and on their team right now that this is definitely a move that they could make. And they also, and another big thing is they had the cap space. They're able to sign him to that seven year deal. I think it was seven, eight, 7.875 for seven years. So um, good trade for LA. I think they won it, but Minnesota, I don't think they did too bad either. No, I, okay. Here's my thing. Like I, when I first saw that trade, I said, that's it. Right. Because I, Honestly, thought Kevin Fiala made got might have gotten at least one or two more assets. Not saying those would have been big assets, but like the fact that it didn't even get like in a second or maybe one of LA's lower prospects with that, I guess says a lot to how handcuffed Minnesota was in their situation. Because yeah. Minnesota had to move Fiala, they were never going to be able to sign him. I think their GM, no. I think Garen came out and said they would have had to move three players to sign yeah. him, which is just crazy to think about. Uh, like you said, they get a guy in favor who wasn't going to sign in LA anyway, from what I've read into. Their, and, their right side is so deep. Like they already got uh, Brian Clark before he gets traded again to the bring it. No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> um, like they got Brian Clark. They have Helgi Grounds. They already have Sean Dersey on the team. They have George, like, they just have so many guys on the right side. They got side. that Drew Dowdy guy too, still hanging that around. That Drew so. Dowdy fellow. Yeah, that is true. It's a good point. Well, no, they just have like a stacked right side. So like this trade made sense for both sides. Um, it, LA was in the discussions for Debrinket from what everyone said. And to be honest, if you're going to pay up from what we've heard from the Debrinket talk so far and what they've declined, they got a better deal probably in Fiala. He's only a year older. They get him for seven years. Um, he's coming off an 85 point season playing second yeah. line minutes, which I don't think a lot of people are talking about the fact that he like, no. yeah, he was playing top power play, but he played second, second fiddle to Kaprizov. Like he wasn't getting the top five on five ice time and he will in LA. And that may work against him. That may work for him. We don't know. Maybe yeah. be him being that second fiddle was working in, for him in Minnesota. We don't know that. But getting to play with guys like Kopitar and Kempe are definitely going to be able to flourish his playmaking ability. And for a guy who had a 50-assist season, he, like you said, he could very well sniff 60 assists, 30 goals. Like, it's it's a very big possibility. And the contract they got him on wasn't bad either, just a hair under no. eight. I don't, I don't mind that deal. They signed him until he's 32, I believe. Like, that's – Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's what you want to sign your guys to long term. Mm-hmm. For being honest, so honestly, I like the trade for both sides. Uh, I, like I said, Minnesota maybe could have got like a second back also that or like something that would have been cool. But the 19th overall pick, you could definitely do some damage with, especially with how Minnesota's drafted. Like you said, they got. I mean, hell, they got. Didn't they get Walshtet and Lambos? They last got Walshtet and Lambos in the 20th yeah. last year. Yeah, they'll be fine. Uh, they'll they'll probably have like Nazar or some shit falling through the lap in the late 20s or Lambert. Yeah, Brad fall Lambert's gonna fall yeah exactly. There. So they'll be fine. They'll be fine. But um, thank God we're not in the same division as them. Am I right? <laughs> it just it opens up more questions for Minnesota though because like yeah they have the prospects but you're asking a lot out of guys like Marco Rossi to make that jump immediately. And I don't, I don't necessarily know how that's going to work out. Like I, I obviously am pretty. Like I feel like we're both pretty high on Mark, guys like Marco Rossi, oh, Matthew yeah. Boldy. Oh, yeah. Marco like, Rossi asking a lot out of him at a young age with a tight cap. So, 
We'll see. And we've seen Kaprizov Superman. He had 106 points. So I don't know. That's still crazy. He had 106 points. And like, he, he wasn't even like, I don't even think he was a top five heart candidate, was he? Like, it's, it's crazy. So, yeah, I'm really interested to see what the Minnesota Wild do next year because, um, like, again, they, they got that superstar talent with Kaprizov, but you don't have that, like, that center to come in and, and really help with Kaprizov. Like, you had, like, Frederick Gaudreau was the second line center, I think. Uh, Ryan Harmon's playing center. Like, Joel Erickson Eck is your best center. He's playing third line, third line center. Like, are, how are they going to upgrade center and do they have, the cap space to upgrade it and is Marco Rossi ready? So I want to go to the Minnesota Wild Cap ready. They still they only have six point five to work with, though like the only the only forwards that they have to resign are Nick Bukestad and Nicholas Deloria, which I don't think they're gonna resign. Jacob Middleton and Jordy Ben, I don't think they're gonna resign. And then Mark Underflair, I don't think they're gonna resign. So um I'm very curious to see if they maybe trade for a center, maybe use that draft pick to trade for it. Like, you know, I, 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 something just came to my mind as you were saying they need a center. There's a centerman that's been rumored to probably be on the market. I wonder it's in division. So it's going to be tough. I wonder if they could try to snag Dubois out of Winnipeg. Ooh, that's right. I didn't even have that on the notes, but I wanted to discuss that too. Like the, this is the part of the year where like there's so many, it's the calm before the storm. There's so many rumors. We've seen head coaches get hired and, and fired. And even in some cases we've seen some GMs getting announced. Like we'll get into that, but like just, we just wanted to cover these trades first, but yeah, Pierre-Luc Dubois, that situation is interesting because not he's not even a UFA till 2024. So he's, and he can't, I don't think he can sign a, an extension till next year. So it's very interesting that that's, that's already happening. Usually we find out about that a year out, but two years out. Hmm. And I got to imagine bonus is going to speed up that process. Cause like the thing with Dubois, he kind of, every time he gets the chance to be the one C, they bring someone in to not make him the one C or he gets traded to somewhere where they already have a one C and Shifley. Cause like in Columbus, like Duchesne came in late and then, the last year they weren't even using him as a one C because of torts. It's like, he's never really gotten that chance. And I feel like the style of play he has really fits in the Evanston system. You put like a guy like Dubois with like Caprice off and Zuccarello, like who knows what that, who knows what that could make. And then that gives Eric Sinek this like less pressure than he needs. Then that makes putting a Frederick Adjero in the third line, not look so bad or like a Ryan Hartman or something. Yeah. Like top line, Ryan Hartman's not going to win you a playoff series. We learned no. that loud and clear this year. Because, like, I mean, we the writing was on the wall of Minnesota with the way they were performing. Like, yes, they have extremely good wing play and their team defense is really good. But this league is one down the middle. Like, we have talked about this time and time again. I mean, hell, look at half the cup champs the last decade. Every single one of them's got a number one center. I don't. When was the last time a, a team won a Stanley Cup and they didn't have a number one center? Like genuinely, I don't know. The In closest the we got was Ryan O'Reilly. The closest we got uh, was Ryan O'Reilly. You'd have to go back like fifteen years to maybe the the 06 not in the cap era. Yeah, That's for like, sure. I'm just saying. Yeah, like, like the Red Wings had Datsyuk. The the black like the the Penguins obviously had Crosby, Malkin. Blackhawks had Taves. Kings had Kopitar, like the, the the Capitals had Backstrom and Kuznetsov, and then Blues had O'Reilly, and then of course Tampa had Point and Stamkos, 
and then the Avs had McKinnon and yep. Kadri. So yeah, you gotta have you gotta be good down the middle, and like that's why like you got you can't blame a lot of these teams. Like at the end of the day, I don't blame Toronto for putting all that money in Matthews or Matthews and Tavares because like you in this league you win down the middle. It's simple as that, and. As, as much as I love the way Minnesota's built up, they need one more center. And like like you said, Rossi's really got to fill that hole because if he doesn't, then like – and God bless him, he's really getting put in that dock situation where he's going to have to hit. Or if he doesn't hit, he's going to have a lot of scrutiny on it. And it really doesn't help that Boldy transition as fast as he did for him, in my opinion. Because like Rossi's already going to have a long path back due to his um, COVID history and whatnot and like yeah. not playing hockey for a whole freaking year in his developing years. But, like, Matthew Boldy coming in and just basically seamlessly transitioning into a top six role, like, you're not getting that out of every prospect. So, I, like you said, they're, like Minnesota's either got to get over the hump or, like, I could legitimately see the regression next year. Like, Kaprizov's not going to get 100. He's not going to score 46 goals every year. Like, yeah, you got to take advantage of that. I don't mean to keep ranting about the wild. It's just, like, <laughs> they, they did that, like – God damn you, Chuck Fletcher. He's going to do this to the Flyers. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> this is all the remains of Chuck Fletcher and Paul Fenton. Like, this is how, yeah. this is what they have to deal with now. <laughs> oh, man, I forgot about that. I Hell, the last trade, they, that was the best part about Paul Fenton. They just got rid of it because they couldn't afford it. Like, ah, oh, they should be so grateful they have a bunch of prospects. Like, oh my gosh. Like, if they, did, if they had the Blackhawks prospect pool, they'd be screwed. <laughs> They'd be screwed. But um, I guess that's hats off to Bill Guerin. I don't mean to keep ranting. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's okay. Um, But, no, yeah, I, no, I agree. They got to get a center one either to, like, have Rossi lower in the lineup or just to keep him developing in the AHL. Again, that's kind of the big thing. And they have the prospects to make a trade with Pierre-Luc Dubois and then potentially give him a long-term contract. It's just – oh, man, I do not envy the situation that Bill Guerin is in right now. Not one bit, like, honest, like, have fun with that. Have fun with that, like, $13 million of dead cap that you could have used for Jack Eichel last offseason. Good job, guys. Mm-hmm. And if they even, like, got to, like, won a playoff round, it would have at least eased the pain, but no, another first round exit, another year, or, like, Minnesota, maybe they can do something in the playoffs, and then a first round exit, mediocrity. Yep. Right back right to square, square one. one. Yep. <laughs> there it is. Great minds think alike. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, I feel bad for the fans because they got a really loyal fan base. Oh, they do. Yeah. (sighs) Feels good to have that team still be bad. (laughs) Or not bad, (laughs) just middling. They're still the little brother of the Blackhawks. Even though we're going to suck for the next decade. But that's besides the point. What's next? Coaches, right? Uh, No, I want to talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, another team that's going to have to make some hard decisions coming up. Well, they just made one today. (laughs) Yeah. What do you think about the Nick Paul signing? (laughs) Extension, whatever. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. And I I immediately saw that deal, and I saw seven years, and I just said, that's just – you guys are going down the road. Like, I love how they trade Barkley Goodrow. Just to sign Nick Paul to the Barkley Goodrow deal the next year. And then this one's with trade protection. So oh, it's like. Oh my God. Uh, trade protection? I gotta, I gotta look this up. It, it's just brutal. Yeah, no trade clause starting the whole June 15th, 2026. The player submits a 16 no trade list. 
Here's my thing with Tampa. Like, I don't think they're going to re-sign Andre Pouat. I genuinely don't think there's a way they could do that. I know there's the rumor that Ryan McDonough is now going to get traded, which, like, God forbid some team helps them. Like, don't do it. And, and honestly, even if they do, as someone who – as a team who holds their next two first-round picks, please that. take Ryan McDonough off their hockey team for nothing. That will really help them. Um, just like I Vegas. don't know. Does what all you say? I said oh, just yeah. like Vegas did all the players. If, like, you can get Tampa Bay – to like either get McDonough for nothing or get them to put in a Sweener to take McDonough, and that makes their team worse. Please, please do that. Yeah. God, it could even be, it could even be the Blackhawks. I'm not saying I want them to do it, but like, yeah, like I gotta think Kalorn's probably gone. He's got one more year left, so he's probably just they're gonna find a way to move him. But like, it, it, the duality of Tampa's bottom six, isn't it? Because now they got Hagel for the next two years, that great cap hit, but then they just. They give Nick Paul almost du- over double the money. And I genuinely don't think Nick Paul is worth half of what Brandon Hagel's worth. That's that's a lie. He's worth what Brandon Hagel's worth right now. Probably worth two and a half. He's not worth 3.1. And he's especially not worth that over seven years with his play style. I don't care how old he is. What is he, like 27? Like 27. They, yeah. they just signed him until he's 34. Yeah. As a grinding bottom six defensive forward who is just like – seen a rise in his goal scoring totals the last two years good luck with that good luck with that tampa that's not my problem and like honestly if that's what if that's their plan in the let andre Pilat walk i can understand that a little more but if they keep Pilat on top of that i don't know what that's a lot of contract and a lot of term they're gonna have to it's take a lot them. of contracts and they got a lot of bridge deals up next year like they like if i let me look at the cap friendly i don't know i don't think sorelli yeah. and sergachev are up next year i think it's the year after Sergeich, but, no yeah, so twenty, so they one more year for Sorelli RFA with arbitration rights. One more year for Sergachev RFA with arbitration rights. One more year for Eric Chernock with arbitration rights. Oh, they're Ooh. fucked next year. Ooh, and that was the thing. But you know what? You you can't blame them because that was the thing when they signed those bridge deals. That was the time they needed to win the cups. And you know let's what? be honest, they capitalized on that window with the oh one hundred percent. So now comes the decision of who do you keep? Because you're only going to be able to keep like one of them, I think. Actually, you know what? If, if it comes down to it, you keep Chernak and you try to find a keep Sorelli. And then if you can't, you got to move him. That's probably how it comes down at the end of the day. Because like they, they're coming to a point where the Blackhawks came to. Where you, oh, have, you, are gonna, you have no salary to move anymore. Like you are so cap strapped. You're either going to have to move a roster player or you're going to have to finagle the cap and get another Seabrook, which I don't need to think is possible with their cap situation. So, I don't know. No, that's the big big thing with the Lightning. Like, they've won so much. They've had to pay all these players. They've had to pay all these assets to get these good players. And now the the bills come due. Like, they, they've had their fun. They won their two straight Stanley Cups. They won their – they've gone to three, three consecutive Cup Finals. They've had all those deep playoff runs for the past almost 10 years now. And might be that time. And I have to ask, I remember, like, the Blackhawks, kind of the sign of the decline with this whole franchise was, like, the Brent Seabrook deal that Stan Bowman signed. And, he, he sorry, he shall not be named. There's a dollar in the jar. Um, <laughs> um, and then we we saw with the Penguins, like, they made that weird trade where they signed, they, they traded, like, I think the 31st pick or something for Ryan Reeves. And it's like... I feel like there's always one move that a team makes like after winning a Stanley Cup. It's like, what are you, what are you doing? You were so smart. You made all these great moves and 
now you're doing this. I feel like that's kind of the same thing for Tampa Bay. Like Nicholas Paul, like I think he's gonna be fine for like maybe the first two, three years of that, but then you're gonna have to deal with four years of a guy making over three million and just the way he plays is, is that gonna hold up till he's in his mid thirties? I wouldn't you be comfortable putting on it. But they did. Going up. You better yeah. pray the cap starts going up. That's all I'm gonna say. It's not going to, I think it goes up a million this year, but like it's not gonna go significantly up until like a few year, a few years down the line because of the, the players having to pay back escrow, which is fucking stupid. To the owners, which is fucking stupid. But anyways, that's that we could literally make a whole podcast. Because the owners have to make more money. Woo! Yes, Let's go, sir. guys. Oh, Gotta keep their pockets full. Oh, unbelievable. And like I don't like I don't want to like segue off the lightning, but like you brought up the penguins. Can we talk about how they're like probably not gonna bring back Latang and Malkin right now? Like it sounds like Malkin's out the door at this point. Like Latang's the one they're trying to keep. But, like, I have not heard anything on the grounds of Malkin contract talks. That's crazy. Like, Evgeny Malkin's going to be in a different sweater next year. Like, that's – no, I can't think about that. <laughs> time to go to the Capitals. I need maximum chaos. Be a Capital. They need it. They need it. Bash them getting hurt, do it. Or go, not to, only Tampa, that. go to Tampa and piss everyone off. Oh There's no God. in between. Oh, my that's- God. They don't – they're not going to get Kadri, but they're going to get Malkin. <laughs> no, this is what's going to happen. Malkin's going to sign in Washington, and then Flurry's going to join him in Washington. <laughs> oh my God, let's go! It's going to be Sherry. It's going to be... <laughs> Haglund's going to come out of injury. Let's go. This is going to be the worst test team ever. <laughs> They're they're gonna like it's gonna be they're gonna make the regular season schedule. It's gonna be like Washington versus Pittsburgh. Ah, rivalry night, and then like the <laughs> the first line that's out's like Hagelin, Malkin, Sherry, and then it's like just how Schultz. people felt back in the day when all the old people used to just go to Detroit every year. Because <laughs> like this is what's gonna happen with Washington. All of a sudden. they are a retirement home. Oh my god! But like if Malkin was smart and he just signed like cheap somewhere because like he's made his money. Like. Holy shit, dude. Malkin could make some teams really fucking good. But it sounds like it's a money reason that Malkin's leaving. So Malkin's going to get paid somewhere. And there I saw the Rangers. Dude, shut up. Like, we do not need <laughs> They said they're Malkin. not resigning Cop or Strom. So there's a center spot opening up. They were looking at Dubois, too. So that's an interesting scenario. Minnesota's another interesting scenario. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Imagine Malkin in with Kaprizov. Woo! And here's a name that I wanted to bring up during the Fiala talks. Seattle's big game hunting right now. We were talking about this all season on the podcast. They have the room to do it. They're in on Gaudreau apparently right now. From what they're in on the Brinkett. They're in on the Brinkett for some god reason. They're in on Fiala up until the end. Who's to say they don't throw a bunch of money in Malkin for four years and get a superstar in Seattle this time? Except this time he's got cups and a heart trophy and a Calder and all this other crap. I'm pretty sure Malkin every Calder, trophy right? you could win. I'm pretty sure Malkin won. Yeah, because Crosby does the one that doesn't have a Calder. So yeah, because <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Dangle was talking about that on the show a couple weeks ago because like he's like third in Calder voting, but that year it was like Ovechkin, him, Lundqvist. Like, oh, I know. Oh, like oh five oh six. Like we we always like shit on hockey, but like that year was so important for hockey to move it forward because holy like. Oh, that was this. That was this year's sixteen set. This generation's sixteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. 
like 16, 17 with like Matthews and line A and then McDavid winning the heart that year it was Ovechkin and Mc, or Crosby just absolutely shitting on the league and Mulkin for that matter. But um, yeah, I, I just like if Mulkin leaves Pittsburgh, one Ron Hextall is an idiot Two, I don't know what the fuck Pittsburgh's doing. Cause like you should have traded him if you were going to let him walk in my opinion. Uh, you know how I am with asset management and like, I genuinely don't know what that franchise is doing because if, if you're going to let Malkin and Latang walk, why did you just sign Brian Russ to a six-year deal? I, Dude, I don't know what they're doing. I feel what like they're going to do the same. Pot. Damn, I thought Crosby avoided this shit that Taze and Kane went through. He just had to wait till the end of his prime to get it. That's cool. All right. Like, shit. Taze is over there, or like Kane's over there just like first time. It's just like, I'm not a piece of shit like <laughs> you. Sorry, bud. <laughs> I got my cups and I'm still a good person. Like, sorry, enough about my fantasy world over so, yeah. here. Shit or get off the pot. What is Pittsburgh doing? Are they going to go win a cup again? Or, they or go blow it up and rebuild and trade Crosby. I'm so fucking serious. Like, you... That's that's the way you kickstart the rebuild there. It's the same way you kickstart a rebuild here by trading Kane to bring it. Like, if you're gonna do it, do it. You can't Go ball through the wall. No half measures. Because I'm sorry, Sidney Crosby's good enough to where you're never going to not make the playoffs. Like, yeah, they could have 890 goaltending and we'll still make the playoffs <laughs> the last three years. Yeah, like, no, but is that sick. is that what you want with the Penguins? Though, do you want this mediocre team, kind of like the what is it a while? Do you want them to make the first round next year? And yeah, you still get to the playoffs. You still get to. Like sell all these, make these playoff, like sell these playoff tickets and get money from them, or do you want to win a Stanley Cup? You, if you want to win another Stanley Cup, then you got to rebuild. I just really feel like the last three years for the Penguins, like this year. Okay, here's the problem: Penguins could be in a really interesting spot right now, right? Because the last three years should tell you you need to retool or at least redesign how this team functions. Three first round exits, all of them ugly. All of them ugly. Oh, this one, the 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 one to the Rangers to me had some most because they were up three one. They did it with their third string goalie, but like they were literally one goal away, and who knows what they could have done after that. And that's where I get nervous because I feel like there's a part of Ron Hextall that might look at it and just be like, "Well, we might not put the cap space in the Malkin, but we'll just throw it out a bunch of other shit because we think we can make the playoffs." And it's like. Oh, dude, like Pittsburgh might just put themselves in a bad spot this offseason, like in terms of trying to go for it and not get anywhere in a metropolitan division that is slowly getting worse, but at the same time is going to become very top-heavy very fast. Yeah. So, like you said, shit or get off the pot because you don't want to be a wild-card team for the rest of Sidney Crosby's tenure. Just my two cents. I don't know. No. Um, another thing to take into consideration, Brian Burke, do you think he wants to rebuild? Or do you think he wants another kick of the can with Sidney Crosby? Because I'd always if remember. If he does, then sign Malkin. Like, I don't – that's my two cents with that. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. But, like, if, oh, he, no if Burke wants another shot at a cup, you should probably keep Malkin in the tank. But he signed Brian Russ instead. So, have fun with that. So, they still have $23.2 million available. Like, I, I, I don't think Malkin is going to be more than, like, what, what, what was he making before? Like, Nine, nine and a half. He's yeah, definitely not going to be making more than that. Like, let's say like seven or eight mil. That still gives you like fifteen. It's got to be or so million dollars, and you can sign the tang. Like again, you don't. 
ideally you don't want to give all this tournament money, but if you're gonna like, what if you want to win more cups or or playoff series, like might as well go all out. Um, genuinely, like the two biggest pieces that franchise has ever had. I argue bigger than Lemieux and Yager at this point. Like they have had a longer tenure of success, and people got to remember that Pittsburgh's never missed the playoffs with them. And if they did, it was one year early on. They uh, okay, that's a lie. If you count twenty twenty because they lost in like the blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah, they did. But yeah. like that team has seen success every fucking year for oh, five oh six is the last full season they have made the playoffs. That's fifteen straight playoffs, including lockouts, including shortened seasons, including. God knows how many freaking injuries to Crosby and Malkin. Yeah. Like endless hang, like all their top guys. Dude, like that's the face of the franchise right there. It's the same conversations we have here with Taves and Kane at times. It's just like that's a tough swallow to let them walk like that. And if it's gonna be over term, dude, you just chalk it off and give them the term, in my opinion. Like, cause at the end of the day, if they stink, like I'd rather have them. That, uh, it's like, another one of those situations where I'm so glad I'm not in their position. So no. glad I'm not in their position. Again, you got like three ban- banners to, to help ease things, but like it, again, it's like the same thing with the Blackhawks. You're coming to grips where your top players aren't aren't the best anymore, and you don't have the prospect pool. You well, don't. One of them is. Yeah. <laughs> the other one's well, still pretty good. <laughs> yeah, but I get what well, you mean, though. It's not, not an easy situation. Just looking at their cap friendly, Danton Heinen and Kasperi Kapanen are RFAs. I think they Kapanen's might bring back Heinen. I, yeah, I was going to say Kapanen. Kapanen has to be gone. Brian Boyle, I don't think, will be back. And even if he do, it's like a cheap contract. Ricard Raquel, maybe he's back for cheap. I don't know. But like really just looking at it, the only big UFAs they have to sign are Malkin and Latang and DeSmith if they want to sign him as a backup. Like They're already working on extensions with DeSmith okay. apparently. Yeah, but so like, is is that gonna take twenty three million dollars to sign like Morgan and Latang? Obviously, it's not gonna be cheap. The term is gonna suck. But what's the point of letting Malkin walk if you can sign? Like, if it's money, like I, I don't understand it. Unless they're it going may- somewhere different. I was gonna say it makes me wonder if they're gonna go big game hunting this off season because, like you said, they have the cap space. Like they could genuinely throw like. Ten million dollars at Gaudreau and just be like, you want to play with Crosby? And like, if I'm Gaudreau, I'm like, fuck, I might play with Crosby, yeah. and I get to be on the East Coast. Like, oh yeah, like he's like a Philly kid, right, or something. He's Philly or Jersey, one of the yeah, two. Philly. Or why, Jersey, why go to those teams where I can go play with like a bona fide star in Sidney Crosby and potentially get this dude one more cup? Like, they could they could potentially have that pitch up their back pocket if they want it. So. I don't know, but all I know is that if Malkin and Latang lead that Pittsburgh team, they are not making the playoffs next year. So they better make some changes. Or yeah, never doubt. Or they're just going to walk into fucking Bedard or Mitchkoff, and then we're just all going to be fucking pieces. Like, I, there's no winning with Pittsburgh right now. Like, just go be good again. Like, I don't want to see you with one of these fucking great talents next year, please. No, it happens every twenty years. I think that that's the solution. Everything <sighs> happens every twenty years with Pittsburgh. It's Lemieux, Crosby, and now it's going to be Bedard. No, they're gonna wait. No, they gotta wait. No, they gotta wait. So it'd be um it'd be no, it wouldn't be Kiwi Haru. Who's the guy after him? It'd be him. Oh Christ. I don't remember. Whoever 2025 <laughs> is. I know Jacob Jacob was here, he would know, but um whoever whoever's born in 2007. That's you're, the, you're, you're the next franchise piece of the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Congratulations. <laughs> oh man. 
It's funny. It's fun to look at other teams and how fucked they are as our team sits there and is going to literally have 62 losses next year. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, the, when we went through Minnesota, Tampa, Pittsburgh, those are all intriguing teams to watch this offseason. What are they going to do with the draft? What are they going to do to move some contracts out? You know, like, how are they going to make everything work? Because... I don't want to say they're all three of them are on the decline, but like, because like in the case of Tampa Bay, like you got again two Stanley Cups and then three Cup final appearances. Obviously, you want to be back there next year, but like it's not like the end of the world with Minnesota or Pittsburgh, where the these teams have had back to back to back first round exits or whatever it's been. Like they haven't really gone far, so I'm really curious to see what uh, Minnesota and Pittsburgh do. Definitely. Um, go to the notes here. The Vancouver Canucks signed Brock Besser to a three-year contract worth six point six five per year. Um, apparently that was less... got bridged twice. <laughs> yeah, apparently his qualifying offer was really high, and they somehow got that under. Like, I'm pretty sure I I forget what his qualifying offer was, but it was definitely more than what he's making now. So yeah, he kind of got screwed over and. It's, it's weird with Brock Besser because there's been like trade rumors with him and now he and now he's staying. I, it's interesting. I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Not quite sure to make of that. Hold on one second. Okay, that's actually really, really, really weird. Um, unless the contract details haven't been like formally announced, Brock Besser's contract is entirely salary based. Based. There's, n- there's no signing bonus. There's. Okay, that can't be right. Like, because I, I figured, like, with that qualifying offer, I was like, okay, well, maybe it's a front-loaded, like, three-year deal where, like, first year he's making, like, 10 mil or something. But, like, he's literally making that deal. Man. Who's the, who's um Vancouver's new GM now? I forget his uh, name. Patrick Alvin? Well, he's making work with these contracts. because I Yeah, Patrick Alvin. It literally says that right there. I'm, I'm blind. Hmm. hmm. I mean, I, I don't mind the deal. I just genuinely thought Besser was not going to be there anymore. So. Yeah, I didn't either. Vancouver's another interesting team because they apparently they haven't had contract extensions with talk with Bo Horvat yet. Are they going to move JT Miller at all? Like, they're kind of in that weird spot where, like, Bruce Boudreaux got them on the right track next year, but are they good enough to compete? What like what do you like again? It's another shit or get off the pot situation. Are you good enough to win a cup? Or are you going to add pieces? Or are you going to rebuild and add prospects, which I think that's what they should be doing because they really don't have a strong enough pull. I think they should be getting rid of guys like Miller and and Horvat. And Besser is a bit younger, but, like, is he going to be on your team when you're good? I don't know. I'd... Vancouver is interesting. Again, was... another another team to limp in there. Like, what are they I doing? Was... Yeah, I was just going to say that because, you know, two years ago, this is a team that was a game away from the Western Conference final, clearly. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like, they, this is a team that literally traded their first round pick for Oliver Ekman Larson and Connor Garland last year, and apparently Connor Garland's back. Yeah, on the and that's trade another line. thing they want to trade Connor Garland. It could also be a case who is of, one of their younger forwards, by the way. Might I mind you? It right? could also be a case of like a GM walking into a new team. It's like these aren't my guys. I didn't trade for him. I want to get rid of them now because Jim Benning made pretty much all those moves. It's almost like. And a way of Bill Zito going to Florida where it's like you look at Michael Matheson, it's like, what the hell is this contract? I'm going to get rid of him. You know, and he made like his moves and kind of put his own fingerprints on it. And I wonder if that's what they're going to do in Vancouver because they like they they have the goalie. 
And if you have a hot goal, you can get into the playoffs specifically. They have the goalie, the one D, and the one C potentially. Exactly. Like they, like they they have the prototype build to a team mm-hmm. already. They just gotta add pieces around them. Like who's gonna be Quinn Hughes' defensive partner, or the guy who's gonna play behind? Him? Who's gonna play with Elias Patterson? Because well, I guess Brock Besser now, but like, I don't I, like is is JT Miller gonna be sticking around? Like who's gonna be who's gonna be the the secondary guy behind them? You know. It, it's just a team that like you, there's no direction, and no. it's another one of like it's like Minnesota where the GM's just kind of like cleaning up the scraps of what the last GM left. And exactly. Yep. Yeah. Like, what are you gonna like? Tanner Pearson's making like Tanner Pearson and Jason Dickinson are almost making six million dollars. Well, they want to trade Jason Dickinson too after they traded for him last year. Again, that's another Jim Benning. Okay. Like, cool. Like Andre Kuzmenko better be the fucking man because yeah. like this team has nothing. Like, oh, wait, no, but they have that line of, like, Lamico and Hyman. Oh, boy, I'm just so, <laughs> so excited. Like, um, Tucker Pullman for three more years. That's amazing. Oh. Like, thank God Tyler Myers has two more years. Like, genuinely, like, they need that teams, contract off the books. Yeah, apparently teams are interested in Tyler Myers, actually, which is not surprising at all. <laughs> I, wanna, I just want to scream into the void sometimes, I swear. Like it, I do for other reasons, but, yeah, sometimes hockey makes me feel that way. Oh, dude, a lot of reasons. But, like, this is a team that still has pieces. Like, they have guys like Hoaglander. They have guys like yeah. – pa- I feel like Pod Colson made a step last year, at least for his mm-hmm. rookie year. I thought he was pretty good. Um, You know, like, they, they got players. It's just like – fuck, man. <laughs> like, they really like, aren't like, – Yeah. <laughs> it's like the guys they have under term, they, they probably don't want to want their long term. It's like – the two longest tenured guys in terms of contracts are going to be OEL and Connor Garland. Like, or I they think, do have Quinn Hughes locked yeah, up Quinn Hughes, but, contract. Like, but. No wonder Quinn Hughes looks stoned all the fucking time. <laughs> like, no fucking – no reason. Like, he's probably just looking at Jack and Luke and they're like, oh, look at us at the Devils. We're literally going to get like, – You know what <laughs> You know what it is? It's the picture of Squidward looking outside and he sees like SpongeBob and Patrick running around. That's Quinn Hughes to Luke and uh, Jack. Literally, I can't wait till Quinn Hughes just like forces his way out of Vancouver. It's gonna and come to Chicago and plays with Seth Jones. Woo! He's finally he's gonna fulfill the prophecy where he should have came here at eighth overall in 2018. Let's go! <laughs> that is but, prophecy fulfilled. Now that is destiny fulfilled. Um, yeah, but uh, once again, another team where they genuinely I don't know what they're gonna do this offseason. I don't know. Seems like there's a lot of that. I feel like we could go through maybe. They're still paying two point five million in buyouts. Jesus Christ! Because yeah, oh, yeah. well, okay, well, five hundred K is warranted, right. but the Brayden Holby one is. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. What draft pick did they have this year? Like eleven or something? Yeah, I think they have. Oh, I love how Cap Friendly basically has everything. They even have like the draft order. I think they have mm, 15. They have 15. Damn, they were that. Oh, yeah, they did. They did kind of come on in the same Yeah, that, that's, that's the thing because they were they were really good under Boudreaux. Like, are they going to make take a step next year, make the playoffs? Like, or are they going to rebuild? Like, I, I don't know. You, that's one of those teams where you really got to give them till Christmas, I think. Like, you got to give them JT. Like, I know JT Miller's only got one year left, so it's probably best to trade him at the draft, but. That team's cooking by Christmas. They got a goalie that they can make it work. Like that's a, that's usually what a lot of teams are lacking at this point. Hell, look at Colorado. Look at how long it took for them to find the goalie, like to win a cup. It took them like four years. 
Demko's the guy. So if they can get the offense in front of Demko and the defense just isn't mind-numbingly bad, maybe this team's fine. Who knows? Like yeah, maybe like they Thatcher go add. Thatcher Demko's locked for five up for five four more years at five million. Great deal. Pretty damn good. Great deal. How much cap space do they have this offseason? They oh. have only two point one. Oh yeah. Uh, but don't yeah. worry. I mean, I mean, they're not going to be able to sign Matthew Highmore, who's an RFA with arbitration rights. Okay, but, now I'm starting to get why they do that John Marino for fucking Connor Garland deal. Because they get like 500k in cap space when they do it. Yeah, and they get like an actual decent defenseman. Own one you that's like not Tyler Myers and could potentially make or Quinn Hughes like a 70. Like that team pissed me off, dude. Quinn Hughes had 60 assists last year. No one talked about it. I like, know, because like, it's all Kale McCart and even Adam Fox before that, but yeah, that yep. was a good point. Oh, well, not my problem. <laughs> and not um, Quinn Hughes either, as he just got $6.5 million. <laughs> 7.85 for the next five years, and then he's coming to Chicago in 2027. To play with Seth Jones. Yes, sir. But yeah, that's that's it on Vancouver. I feel again. I feel like we could go through twenty NHL teams, and it's like, what the what the fuck are you doing? I think the only team we've talked about so far, where I'm like, you, you're you're good, is like LA. Yep, they know what they're doing. But like, yep. even even Tampa Bay, but like they're they're going to be competitive. But like, I I don't get them signing Nick Paul to seven years. I don't get them potentially trading Ryan McDonough. Minnesota, where are they going to be at? Uh, Pittsburgh, what, what are they going to do in free agency? They might, they might be the team to watch in free agency just because of Malkin and Latang alone. And then Vancouver, what what are you doing? Right. There's genuinely no idea. So, I think that's it. We can go to the coaching carousel now. Um, so, first one, uh, Derek Lalonde to the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, perfect timing because... He looks exactly like Gru from Despicable Me. And <laughs> today is the release day of the Minions Rise of Gru. Yes, sir. Should have wore a suit. Damn it. <laughs> Should have won overalls in, in, in honor of a minion. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, Steve Eiserman picking from t- Tampa Bay again. Like, I think he was assistant coach with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, again, I don't know what what kind of systems he deploys, what kind of head coach he is, but apparently he's going to be there in the rebuild. He's going to be there when they get good. So um, I, 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 I really don't know much. To say Stevie Wise guy, bro. Stevie I Wise guy. <laughs> and whenever, yeah, whenever you see a GM like go after someone, where you're like, hmm, I don't really know who that is. They, Steve Eiserman has to know what he's doing. So Steve Eiserman has earned the benefit of the doubt. Let's just put it that oh, way. Yeah. Especially after Maurice Sider. So that's that's the ultimate one. Yeah. Oh, like who the fuck is this guy? Like I love how we went from the duality of who the fuck is this guy from Cockney who turned out to be like actually who the fuck is this guy? Like that was warranted to oh, yeah. Maurice Sider, where it's like, who the fuck is this guy? And it's like, yeah, you probably redraft. He goes like three, two. Yeah, three, three. years later he's a cold colder winner. Yep. <laughs> Cares though, right? <laughs> Literally, like, beating the shit out of every star in the league. Hmm. Like, yeah. bullying them. Yeah. But um, I, I, I'm I'm curious to see what they do. I'm glad to see Detroit go off the grid, for sure, with their pick. I, yeah, I, not, a, not a retread. Yeah, that's the last team that needed, like, a Tocket or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
Um, that's a team that needs a fresh mind in there with those young players. And it, Detroit's a team that, like, even next year, if they make a splash, like, I don't see them being a playoff team next year. I feel like mm-hmm. they're still one more year away, maybe two more years away. They still need to get a couple more pieces in the system. But I mean, they, they really need centers. They need – Larkin needs help. Like, they got the defense. They got the goaltending, like, Time to go draft Matthew Savoy. Like, yeah, <laughs> um, like Sebastian Coase is coming up. Like, but they really need a center because other than Dylan Larkin, penis suitor, baby. Whoa, penis suitor. That's right. Whoa. What so what Blackhawk are they going to sign this year? Dylan Strom. Oh uh, yeah, totally. Like, and who's talking about centers? Like, come on now. Or they'll just trade for Kirby Doc. Like, you know, Zadina for Doc. One four one. Please no. Please no. Um, I feel like Zadina is their Kirby Doc almost in a way. Where it's like you see you see see, like the the flashes of skill and you're like, God, why can't you just put more offense in? Like just do the thing more, please. (laughs) Exactly. Do the thing. And hey, both both with new head coaches. Maybe that those are the guys that get through. Hey man, like that's all some team. That's all some players need sometimes. Like they just need a new coach. Firm kick in the ass. Just a new voice in the ear. You know, like who knows? But um, yeah, Detroit. Detroit's one of those teams that's got a lot of cap space. They got to pick up some pieces. Like they might throw some money at a free agent this offseason. Who knows? Like I think people forget that like they didn't have Bronco last year for like over half the year. Like Steve Ackerman's gonna fleece a bitch. Oh, dude! Don't be the Blackhawks. Go away. Bye. <laughs> but um, what's, what's the what's the thing, dude? Oh, he's so getting McDonough for like extra pieces. Like, uh, he's so getting Ryan McDonough like plus a first. More oh, wait, excited no, for partner, ah. defensive partner. Dude, McDonough cider would be so fucking nasty. Like, and then Simon Edvidson won't have to play top pair in this. He can play with Phil Peronic instead. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Jordan Osterby. Ryan McDonough is one of the only spots I could genuinely see him. Like, Ryan McDonough to Detroit, that's like one of the only spots I could see him genuinely going just because of Iserman. Because Iserman's going to do him well and not going to throw him to the wolves and shit. And honestly, he'll still get to play top pairing minutes, which he still is a top pairing defenseman, if we're being honest. Yeah, you. You, I'm pretty sure if he gets traded to Detroit, he'll be the longest like signed Red Wing because the longest signed Red Wing right now is Robbie Fabry at three years. Who's just coming off another torn ACL. Yeah. Larkin's a UFA after next year. Uh, they don't really have any big names up this year. Like, Philip Zadina's an RFA, but no arbitration rights. So I, don't think- I know he's the captain. I know he's the captain. But, like... You could trade Larkin and Bertuzzi and get so much. Oh, maybe yeah. not Larkin, but trade Bertuzzi and get a fuck ton. Like right now, hmm? you could get a, you could get, you could get the Brendan Hagel deal at least for Tyler Bertuzzi if a team gets crazy enough because that's like the guy that you trade for for a playoff run. Yep, because he's a pain in the ass and he scores goals. Bertuzzi will get you a prospect to first and a second easily. Like that's. And if Larkin even becomes available, there there will be teams looking at that. There, no doubt in my mind. But I, I don't think they want to do that. He's captain, so no. I don't know, man. I think, but, he, I think he's like, he's going to be the guy that comes out of it, like being the cap again, like being the captain and who's been through all the hard hardship. That's that a team that's just waiting for their young talent to develop. 
Yeah, I think another couple of years of drafting will help them, but uh, with Stevie Y at the helm, I think they're they're more than perfectly fine. You know, he knows exactly what he's doing. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. I and like they're not they're probably not going to be in the playoffs. Like it wouldn't surprise me too much if they like barely snuck in. But it's just like you look at the Atlantic. Like who are they going to? Who are they going to knock out? Really? But it, it, it would have to take amazing goaltending, and that's yeah. just not going to happen. Are you going to get that from Nadelkovich? Kosa's not here yet. No, Kosa. <laughs> don't rush him. No, do not. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Kosa can play in the AHL next year because he turns 20 before December, like because he's a late birthday. So I think that's how it works. But yeah, do not rush Kosa. He's mm-hmm. a, he's a project. Like he's still like even watching a couple Oilers Kings game. Like he makes like he's a he's a freak of nature. Like he's six six two hundred plus pounds. But then sometimes like he's kind of flopping all over the place and losing his net. So he needs a lot of uh, refinement and development. But there's a guy that you're gonna bet on. Let it be a six six goalie who's super athletic. The best. And that's why Back. he was the first goalie off the board last Thank year. You. Well, I still probably would have taken a step, but you know what, whatever. Yeah, well, they're both in that division, or some, we got to fuck with them all the time, so. No, yeah, literally the goalies have got to deal with their division, like. Scaroff, Ottinger, Hellebosch. Damn it, I hate it here. Walshstead, like, what am I missing? I'm missing one. I know I'm missing one. Oh, like, Huso or uh, fucking Bidding Fuck, if they end up being Bidding good. Fuck, yeah. Not one of the two, like. Whatever. Karel Vigmilka on the Arizona Coyotes. The veggie man. What's veggie milk? Let's go. Veggie milk. I have some good veggie milk in the morning before I head out to work. Ha ha! And hate my life. Oh, man. Um, The next head coach signing, Jim Montgomery to Baston. The Baston Bruins, Jim Montgomery. That was horrible. If that isn't the definition of a lateral move, I don't know what is. Like, you just kind of like, we're not going to put change on the team. We're just going to try to keep everyone happy and get a guy who's going to make them happy, which is what Montgomery is. And, like, good for him. He he went through his rehab. He did everything he needed to do to get a second chance in the NHL. Like, happy for him. But this was really a time for Boston, I think, to get creative with the coach and Don Sweeney. I would have loved, you know, who I would have loved to see, Mark Savard. Yes, yes, I would have loved to see that as well. Just someone who actually works well with the young players, because that's something that this team has struggled to develop for the longest time. And I just, I mean, they're really trying to push for another cup. That's that's all I get out of this coach signing, like. Three more years of Montgomery. You get Bergeron back one more year. You got to make a push this year. I just don't know how they add to this roster without depleting the prospect pool even more. I don't know. Like, I'm in that Pittsburgh's Washington spot where they've been such a competitive team for a long time, but it's ages catching up to them. They don't have the prospect pool. They're running out of assets to trade for good players. They got all these players locked up on long-term contracts. Yeah, I'm gonna lie. Like if Bergeron retired, that probably gives him way more flexibility. But now that he's back, they have to win. So, um, at least they could be like, okay, Bergeron's gone. Maybe that's our sign to rebuild. But now it's like, oh, Bergeron's still here. We gotta win for him. Yeah, right. Uh, It's we'll find out if it's a blessing or a curse for them. I think it's a curse. Yeah, just 
Trade for Taves. Like, why couldn't Bruno yes. retire so they could have yes. Taves? Damn it. We're going to get Fabian Lasso for Jonathan. Let's go! It's NHL 22. Let's go, <laughs> baby. Oh, my God. Charlie McAvoy and Hampus Lindholm are signed to the end of 2030. Yeah, honestly, only one of them is deserved. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, Hampus Lindholm's a damn good defenseman, but was that the trade that they needed to make at the trade deadline? Should they have gotten a gone after another forward, I think they should have done that instead. The big thing is, I still think Thomas Hurdle would have been a perfect Boston. Would have. If he didn't extend San Jose, he would have been perfect. Genuinely. Like, he genuinely would have been perfect. I just... Boston made the decision they made. Honestly, they did. And I, I, I just... You know what? Go with it. Ride with it. See if you can make the playoffs one more time. Is a Rick bonus to the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> I love how it was between him and Tockett after after Trotz. It was like, oh, yeah. How do you how do you fall that low down the the coaching pedestal? Um, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that Bonus got another job. It was told from a bunch of Dallas people that like, he wasn't done coaching. From what he said, like he wanted to coach more. I, I guess Winnipeg's a good fit. Like I don't. I don't, I, I don't know what to make of that one. Like that, that's a defensive minded coach going to a team that's entirely built around offense. I don't yeah. That's trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. That's just my personal opinion, but I I'd love to be proven wrong. Cause I feel like if Winnipeg gets in the playoffs, they could still do some damage if they're hitting the right track. If you got a good goalie and caught offense. Yep. But what do you think about the signing? Cause I don't, I don't, yeah, I I understand. Like, if you're going to get a defensive-minded head coach, it should have been Barry Trotz, which obviously didn't work out. But if that if that was going to be your choice, you should have gone an offensive-minded head coach who could really get like get to to Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler because I don't think things ended off well with them and Paul Maurice. But maybe just like a new voice in the room. Like, there's a lot of rumors whether or not like Blake Wheeler's going to say obviously the whole Pierre Luc Dubois thing. Like, is Mark Shifley even going to stay? Like, I just feel like if you got like a new offensive coach and kind of Brought everyone together. I just don't know a, a head coach like Rip Bonus will be able to do that. But hey, I mean, I could, could be completely wrong. This guy also brought the Dallas Stars to the Cup final only a couple years ago. I was gonna say maybe he teaches Mark Shifley how to play defense. Finally, yeah, that's 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 the huge thing. I could go one or two years, one or two ways. It could go really bad, or Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler could even just be adequate at defense. Oh man, he's either gonna love Pierre Luc Dubois or Pierre Luc Dubois is gonna be scratched by Halloween. There's no in between. There's genuinely no in between. Like I don't know how that's gonna go because this is the same coach that, if we recall, was starting Luke Lindenning in the top six and Tanner. Dude, Carroll. Michael Raffle. Michael Raffle is on the top line. I'm pretty sure. <sighs> Dominic Toynado is about to play so many top six minutes this year. It's gonna be nuts. Jansen Harkins is gonna have a 15 Jansen. goal season. Arkins. Holy smokes, dude. <laughs> $18 million in cap space does Winnipeg have? Pierre-Luc Dubois. It says he's... Okay, so Pierre-Luc Dubois is an RFA right now. Arbitration rights. I'm... Yeah, I was about to say, I thought he was an RFA. I didn't think he had term. No, no, he didn't. That's what it was 23-24 is when he could be a UFA. Yeah, that's, that's what... what I was like getting confused. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. I was like, what? Yeah, but he's uh, a pending RFA who needs a new deal. Like, I mean, I know Minnesota can't pay him, but like New York better be all in on him. <laughs> Ooh, that just I thought Dub- 
like if Dubois still had like that five million dollar contract, Minnesota should be all over it. But now that he needs to get paid like seven or eight, like yeah, you need to go to New York. You need to go be a Ranger. Eric Comrie, UFA Group Six. He's coming to the Blackhawks. Same with Adam Brooks, baby. Hell yes. And then we're going to put him on waivers, and then the Leafs are not going to pick him up, and then we're going to make fun of him. Another Canadian team's going to pick them up because I'm pretty sure he went to like Winnipeg, and then I'm pretty sure like another. I'm pretty sure like the Habs picked him up, so he's got to like, continue his journey through Canada. He's going to be picked up by the Oilers. I'm sorry, like timeout. Winnipeg's defense makes my brain hurt. They have 25 million dollars, like, and I don't think there's a single dude who's even a top three defenseman on this team. Mm, hey, I'm not were... putting. I'm not making Morrissey a three. I'm not. He's a four. You were forgetting about the Dylan Schmidt. <laughs> Best third pairing you've ever seen. The problem is they got three of them. <laughs> That's the problem. They have three Dylan Schmidt pairings. Dude, and they're all signed to term. It's crazy. I... But Billy Hainola can't find a place in this lineup. Whatever. You know, another team where I just don't feel bad for them in the position that they're in. They did it to themselves. And you, you know, Rick Bonus is going to play them. <laughs> just, no, no. Rick Bonus is going to make Nate Schmidt like slife a living hell. Like, Jesus Christ. Hey, they do have Cole Perfetti. They do have Chaz Lucius. Mm, They're not playing. Though. I do love me some Chaz Lucius. You're right. Oh, what wow. are they? Gonna, are you going to get playing time? Don't think so. Hmm. Oh, I did. I, 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 I forgot Adam Brooks. Yeah, you, you fake group six waivers claim. Dude, need it. Christian Vesselwein is an RFA too. That is... He's going to get like 800K. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He has not uh, transpired at the NHL level. <laughs> not at all. I remembered when he was meeting Malit in NHL 17. Ah, the good times. Can't wait till Capital Caco is not meeting the elite anymore. That'll be fun. <laughs> I think Kirby, Kirby Doc already isn't meeting the He's, high, he's never he's been like high top elite. six. No. He's always been high top six they, since he's been drafted. Maybe EA Sports was on to something. Honestly. But they, they made Strom meeting the elite up until last year, so they don't know. They don't that's know. True. Alex DeBrinkett was also like a center up until like NHL 20 or something. He's still a right wing. Like, I don't understand. Uh, oh, well. Enough about complaining about a fucking about a bunch of pixels. Almost said pickles. Pixels. Pickles. A bunch of pickles. A bunch of pickles. <laughs> um the next move. Not a hiring, but a firing. The Saudi Sharks fired Bog Bugner. And not only do they not have a head coach, they don't have a general manager either. Well, okay. Well, it makes sense to fire the coach if you don't have the GM because it's not going to work if the GM has a coach he doesn't want. Kind of saw that with Kyle Davidson just now. <laughs> like, much as he probably liked Derek King and they're going to try to find a spot for him, that's not the coach he wanted when he got hired. And let's be honest, the GM gets hired. I doubt he wants Bob Boogner and his coaching staff. So they just kind of like, like you said earlier, they just ripped the bandaid off while they could. And honestly, I don't know why they didn't fire Bugner like two months ago, but like that's just between you. Yeah, they probably shouldn't have hired him in the fire place because he's not really that good of a coach, but I just don't know why it took so long. But yeah. <laughs> that's besides the point. Um honestly, 
this is probably the best thing that could happen to San Jose. And San Jose is at the end of the coaching carousel too. So they really get their choice at whoever they want right now. Um, wonder if they can snag that deal for Mark Savard. That'd be kind of interesting. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think the GM finals as of right now were Ray Whitney and, uh, Mike Greer, I think Mike Greer. Yeah. That's was like others. It was two. Scott Mellonby was in there too. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like they, they got an interesting GM pool. Blackhawks. Yeah, they got an interesting GM pool. But, um, yeah, once the GM gets picked, I, I'd imagine the coach gets picked. I don't think the coach will be picked by the draft next week. I think the GM will because if they don't have a GM going into the draft, yeah, I the don't know what they're doing. Yeah. feel bad for that GM that's going to get hired too. Like, yeah, uh, congratulations. You just got hired and you need to go You got less than a week to decide who you want to pick. And you got with, like, like the eighth pick. overall pick. Like, have fun yeah. with that. I'm pretty sure they have a top ten pick. Or if they I don't, it's they, just outside the top ten. I think they're. I want to say they're eleven. I can't remember these. Should be eleven. I don't know. Whatever. It. it I was correct. It was eleven on the money, baby. Right just on. in time for them to pick oh. Joachim Kamel. Let's go. But um, yeah, that GM's gonna have to do a lot of work on the fly because that team's got a lot of long-term contracts. They literally just locked up Hurdle to an eight-year deal too. Um. Have fun with that one, San Jose. Have fun with that one. Yeah, San Jose has so many awful contracts. Like, they have only $5.6 million available. Um, it looks like they're going to have to trade one of their goalies, either Reimer or Hill. They just acquired Kacken, and I don't think they'd get rid of him, so it's either Hill or Reimer. That's going to save you a couple million dollars. You have to resign Mario Ferraro, who I'm pretty sure is a decent prospects he'll, he'll get a he'll get he'll get some money he won't be yeah he won't be dirt cheap that's it's gonna sure. it's gonna be like they're gonna be able to fit everyone but it's gonna be close like i again like you gotta clean up new guy it's gotta clean up the old gm's mess like thomas hurdles signed till 2030 logan Couture is here till 2027 like what if they move timo meyer the gm when he gets yeah, here he has, a, he has an rfa next year like he and the bank are probably their only movable contracts that can get you something. Genuinely, um, like I, I, I don't even need to look at their cap friendly. I just know that they're cap friendly as hell. So, oh, and then a- God <laughs> knows what happens with the Evander Kane like cap recapture shit. Oh, like, Christ, I didn't even. I who knows what happens there? Um, yeah, San Jose's fucked. It's still. Martin Jones, he's still up five years left to pay him. Oh, bad. so bad. Bad, 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 bad. And it sucks, and too, because, like, like, Doug Wilson for a contending GM did not do bad, but, like, he no. was now reaping the fucking, the worsens of going What, what, what have we said about, like, Pittsburgh, like, the, and Boston? Like, they've been competitive for so long. You signed all these good contracts. You're right. Don't have any high draft picks. You're running out of prospects and assets, and this is what happened. You, ugh. but I would argue San Jose is the worst of those those teams that I mentioned because holy god, there's a lot of I can count five bad contracts. Hurdle, Couture, <laughs> Car- Carlson isn't the best. Burns, I remember when he signed that contract. There's still only three years left. Holy crap, it's been a long time. Vlasic still has four years left at seven million. You bought out Martin Jones. Oh my. God. God, and like they have Willie Meckland, Thomas Bortle came up. Like they have some decent guys, but they still need to build up a lot of their prospect pool. They need a lot more pieces. <laughs> yeah, they're 
Ah, that Eric Carlson trade really just that set them back. That did like, not they, they really age traded well. Norris and Stutzla in that trade. That did not age well at all. Yep. Who could have saw that coming? The writing definitely wasn't on the wall with how his um with how his body has. Uh, and I, I mean this in the nicest way to Eric Carlson too. Like I don't even mean this like like I feel like we all love Eric Carlson and like it's just it's so sad to watch this, how his body's yeah. given out on him. Like, almost brought the Senators to the Cup final on like one foot. Actual god shit. Like it, it's incredible. That's why like what Kale McCarr is doing right now. I feel like we just like I feel like we're all like bringing it in so much because we saw what Carlson did, and I don't think we took it for granted or grant we took it for granted a little bit. Just yeah. in terms of the ability to move the puck like that is just like That's McCarr could do it faster, but yeah. what Carlson did with that team is just unbelievable. So it's a, it literally is a retirement home at the end of the day. That's what San Jose has turned into, unfortunately. Like Washington, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. I can't wait till they're in the cup final next year. Let's go. <laughs> San Jose or Washington? Both. <laughs> Washington Cup final of the past playoff show. But we're literally gonna have the senior bowl. Like, let's go. Oh. We're have to get them to play like what's an old a seniors game. We're have to get them to play bingo. Oh dude, we're playing like fucking uh what's it called? Corn. Pickleball. Pickleball, there you go. <laughs> yes. No, um what is it? Shuffleboard. Shuffleboard, yeah. Play shuffleboard. <laughs> That's a bingo later. <laughs> yeah, we got shuffleboarding at noon, then we have bingo at three, and then bedtime at six o'clock shop. <laughs> Me when I'm on the fucking San Jose Sharks. <laughs> San Jose Sharks moment. Gosh. <laughs> Anywho. What playing with the San Jose Sharks does in it to an mf Honestly, makes Eric Carlson cut his hair. Well, um, <laughs> guess who got a new job? Guess who's back? Back again. Mike Yo's back. Tell a friend. Mike, yeah, Mike, yeah, Mike Yo. That is right. <laughs> but, uh, Both in the same fucking organization, if I recall. <laughs> yes, that is true. Because Bradshaw went to the Flyers. I'm pretty sure he's with John Totorella. They're like really good friends, so that makes sense. Yeah, Mike. A bit of tradesies. It's no big deal. Yeah, 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 basically a trade because Mike Yo was the interim coach with the Flyers. A little bit of tradesies. This is a little tradesies, Pierce. Remember, remember when? I forget what I think it was 2013. Remember when the Canucks hired Tortorella and then the Rangers hired Vigneault? Oh my god, that worked out so well for both teams, right? (laughs) I, mean, I guess I guess Vigneault worked out. Okay. The Rangers they did get to the Cup final, but yeah, after that. Yeah, but Aline Vigneault. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I like Bradshaw with the Flyers, though. I just want to say that I do like that. It'll probably help that defense a lot. Not that it's a little a high bar, but it'll definitely be better than it was last year. He was also a finalist for the Hawks head coach, so that's interesting. It was him, Richardson, and um, who's the other guy? There's one more guy I'm missing. I know Brad Shaw was in the mix, so I know that much. He was like, yeah, oh, well, no, Huska, Huska. Oh, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like. The guy that they accidentally announced. Yeah, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin Weeks moment. But he Honestly, he gets a couple mulligans after the deadline this year, so. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> I was, like saved hockey, so. 
with the, those videos. Oh my god, side note. I love his new thing where it's like keep an yeah, eye keep on that. Did you see his new video? It's like keep an eye on that one. He's like doing the song, like laying down. I thought the goalie conversation. Like, yeah. oh, Kevin Weeks is my favorite NHL. Kevin Weeks is a is a treasure. I would love to to get on the If podcast. we meet Kevin Weeks in Montreal, yeah. we gotta give him our information Dude, and get him on the show. We're gonna meet so many people in Montreal. It's so cool. Yeah, like I, we're not gonna be able to interview everyone, but we'll at least bump into a lot of people. No, I gotta go. I gotta go get some. Um, I gotta go get some nicer pants for next week and like one more dress shirt because like I'm not Dude, gonna I'm like already, I'm not I'm wearing a jersey to the draft. I'm literally wearing like a button down and like khakis <laughs> just in case. Like I gotta talk to someone. Like you remember that tweet from like forever ago? It's like first date. You should not be wearing a jersey. <laughs> you should not be wearing a jersey or whatever. Or first shirt. day in networking. Yeah. Don't wear a jersey. <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, but like I, I we're as we've stated many times on this podcast, we were all extremely excited. Oh, to did, we mention, did I mention we're going to Montreal? Did I mention we're interviewing? We're going to Montreal. What? Did I mention we're interviewing what? 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 Scenes when I get caught <laughs> in fucking customs, it's like Kyle's mom. What? 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 <laughs> what? <laughs> Kyle. Kyle. Oh my god! Like. Another side. Look, Gerald, Coyle's on television. The Brof, the Broflowski family is funny, top to bottom. <laughs> like from fucking from Gerald to Ike. <laughs> oh my god, they're all so funny. Oh my god, like the Jersey Shore episode. <laughs> it's just a Jersey thing. For three oh, months, man. while you were in my womb, you were in Jersey. <laughs> And he like puts the gel in his hair, Kylie B. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. Like South, like there will never be an like everyone loves Rick and Morty and shit. Nah, South Park will always be at the top for animated. No, shows in terms of like absurdity, like I don't think it's anything comedy, bro. South like, Park, yeah. There's there's never been a show that's been able to like tackle like what's been going on in society and make fun of it every single fucking time and get away with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's just like, oh, you said this, and then it's like South Park does something way worse. And like, oh, that's just South Park. Literally. No, and, and then like, and they're, they're not afraid to just like you know punch at like the people who don't like to be punched at. It's just like, yeah, yeah we're literally gonna make Mr. Garris and Donald Trump for four years. And make fun of the entire presidency the entire fucking time. Mr. Garrison into a woman. I'm sorry, like they don't give a fuck, and it works every time. It's great. We're gonna make Jared Vosky into a shark. Dude, I'm sorry, like the writing is as crazy. Like ever if you look at the writing like at face value in a vacuum, you're probably just like these dudes are crazy. But no, they're they're probably some of the best writers in television, just in terms of how they could spin shit. Like, yeah. but enough about TV shows. We were talking about NHL coaches. How we, how get, how, yeah, how did we get to this exactly? I don't even. Are you oh, talking it's about it's this? Like, what? 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 Yeah, <laughs> and I, I went on a tangent. So I will apologize for that one. Oh, me going on a tangent. What else is new? Hey, it's a podcast. That's what podcasts are for. <laughs> Yeah, Jeremy Colton got a job with the Amherst Canucks. Good for him. Good for him, man. He needs it. Like, honestly, we said it time and time again. He's a great AHL coach. That, if anything, he should have been the AHL coach for like two more years, if we're being honest. Dude, he should still be the AHL coach right now. Yep. With but, the Ice Hogs. But. Here we are. And honestly, Abbotsford's not a bad spot to be because they're probably going to get a couple of nice prospects in a couple of years or coming years. So, And then Andre Kuzmenko is going to come down there in like December. 
So it'll be great. Mm-hmm. And he's like not a player, anyways. Mm-hmm. Well, no, Jeremy Colton, we've said this so many times. Like, I think we almost were unfair to him at some times, but like, this is exactly what he needs. He just needs to be not an NHL head coach. He needs some time to work on his game in the HL. Like, so many of these top end coaches have had to spend their time in the minors and really like hone their craft. Like Bruce Cassidy spent a, like was a coach early young in his career. Then he spent a few years in the HL and then came back up and uh, is one of the, I would say a top five, even maybe even top three coach in the NHL. Like Mike Sullivan spent a few years in the AHL figuring things out. And then he came up to Stanley cup championships. Like it takes, takes time to be a head coach. He's super young. I think he's a very smart guy, but obviously there's some things he's got to learn. Um, I think being an AHL head coach and then kind of just slowly working his way back up again, I think that's a, that's a good thing for him. I'm glad that he did get a job, though. Oh, he, yeah. he, he does seem like a good guy. It's just like he was doomed from the start once. You know, he, you know what him. What Listen, yeah. all I will say about Carlton is when your back's against the wall, the last thing you get to do is be hard-headed. So there's a reason I was mad at you towards the end. But oh, besides that, that, I definitely just think he deserves a second chance. That's besides yeah. the point. Besides all the booing I did at the games and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I still think the guy deserves a second chance. It's just you don't get to be hard-headed with my hockey team and ruin Taves and Kane's prime. Sorry. Like, you just don't get to do that. But he did it. So we're here. We're good. I just don't do that. We're good. We're good. <laughs> On the topic of Blackhawks head coach is Luke Richardson. Did you watch the press conference? With I saw. I didn't see it, but I saw did you do like quotes. snippets of it. Clips, yeah. The the big quote that I saw that I liked was that he's not. He hasn't said how he's going to coach this team yet because he doesn't know what the team's going to be. So he's not automatically going to put a square peg in a round hole, which is. Already a plus in my book. He's going to work to the player's strengths, which is kind of what we already thought he was going to do when we wanted yeah. him to be hired. Um, he, he said all the right things for me. I don't know. Like, I just – at least from what I read from the interviews and stuff, because I, know, I didn't get to watch press conference, obviously. But, um, you know, from what I read, like, he, he hit all the boxes I wanted him to hit. For, for a guy who's going into a job with so much uncertainty going forward, like, you know – he 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 seems ready for the job, and he said, "Oh, it, he definitely is." He said it himself. He said, "When he, I was coaching in that Vegas series, I knew I was ready to be a head coach." No, he, he know, yeah, like he's a smart hockey coach. Like, is Chicago going to be a good team next year? No, I don't. And that's kind of the big thing, like that he's going to have to work with, obviously. But he said he wants like install competitiveness and wants mm-hmm. to work with the players. Want to, you know, like it's exactly. And he did that to Montreal for to an yeah. extent, at least with the young guys. Like I. There's a just like I know he worked in the defense more from what you've said and like what his uh, yeah I think he was the defensive coach but like again like going back this he worked in the AHL as a head coach like he helped develop a lot of the Senators guys that have helped them made be a good team over like the past decade I think I worked I think he worked with like Peugeot Hoffman maybe Mark Stone I, I was know, about to say like, did he work with Mark yeah. Stone I'm curious about that one mm, yeah because if like, he made Mark Stone that makes me like Kirby Doc you need to listen to him <laughs> you need to if, if he made Mark Stone and Nick Suzuki or had anything to do with either of them Doc yeah. listen to this man please yeah. like I don't know. Like, and, and like we said with Richardson this year, it's going to be little battles. It's not going to be like, like we're not expecting like 40 wins this year. No, we're just no, expecting no to actually yeah. get legitimate development out of like four guys this year. That's, that's a, what that's I want. a huge thing. You need to see the development and growth out of the young players. Like literally they could lose more games than they did last don't year. Don't care. If I see Reichel, like, if I see Reichel, Doc, Vlasic, and Regula, let's say. If I see all of them take a step, I could care less. I literally could care less. 
and that's and that's a huge thing that he brought up too. Like he wants big puck moving defensemen. He like another big thing he saw is like defense isn't about like blocking shots within the zone. Like defense is like moving the puck up the ice and like helping out, out like contribute like to the, help turn the play around. Which I loved hearing from that. Like again, he said he wanted big puck moving defensemen. Like I think of someone like Alex Vlasic. <laughs> yeah, Alex Vlasic. Like even he's gonna love Seth Jones. He's yeah. gonna love yeah. Seth Jones. <laughs> oh yeah. Like a lot of the young prospects that are coming out again. Vlasic, Allen, like Del-, Del Mastro, like a lot of the like, Gregula, like even like the guys in the HL, I think he could work with like Isaac Phillips. I don't think he's a, a big guy, but he's not necessarily small. You he's know, a like small guy. Mm. Yeah. I, <laughs> he's going to find a way to make Louis Crevier an HL player. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my can't, oh my God. They're drafting Maverick Lamro first. Dude, that guy, I'm pretty sure, is also 6'8. Oh, oh, oh. Pierce, I know. I've done a little bit. Here's Pierce, a, here's contrary to what you've heard, I've done a little bit of draft research. Here's here. the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> You'll already be gone before the Blackhawks have a chance to get him unless they trade the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Toronto's going to pick him. Woo! Oh, I was like, right there, and I was like, you know, it'd be cool if a guy like Owen Beck dropped to us. And then I see Toronto's interviewing twice, and I'm like, well, let's just scratch that. <laughs> Julian Lute season. Anyways. <laughs> um, But to me, the big thing with Luke Richardson is like the culture. Like we talked about this, like yeah, all the on ice stuff, but we cannot have a repeat of what happened with the old regime. Like Luke Richardson, he wants he's going to be part of the culture, along culture chains in this organization, alongside of Kyle Davidson, all the assistant coaches that he chooses, all the assistant like GMs that Kyle Davidson chooses are going to be part of this new regime going forward, where they make sure this doesn't happen again. And I think a big thing with Luke Richardson is he prioritizes mental health. I did not know this, but unfortunately he lost a daughter to suicide, which is just, I don't even know what to say about that, but like, I couldn't even imagine how he felt, but the fact that they're putting such a emphasis on mental health and someone who's experiencing something like that, it's, it's, it's nice to know that there's a new direction with this team, you know? Dude, for a team that has a 21-year-old deleting a social media because of fucking backlash from the fan base, they need a coach like that in the room. They like, And that's nothing against Derek King because I feel like Derek King was doing that as well. And it's nice yeah. to hear that Kyle Davidson's trying to find a role for him within the organization. Yeah, and I don't like, think he's going to want to be an assistant coach, coach, and I don't yeah. think he's going to want to go back to the AHL, so it's going to... You're kind I of feel put... like a developmental coach or so. I don't know. Like That'd be interesting. Like They put him in like, what nice Campbell was doing. Kick- yeah, but it's not nice that they're not like kicking him to the curb. No, like, kind of no. like how Florida did with yeah. Brunette. Yeah. I, like they're always giving him a chance. I don't think they kicked him to the curb. Well, well you know what I'm saying. Like, no, but like they're legitimately looking for a spot for him within the organization, yeah. which I I applaud him for for sure. I just I I just don't see him being an assistant coach just after what he showed yeah. as a head coach. I feel Apparently like they he, want to keep the AHL coach who I think is Andrew Sorensen who they obviously he played he, he performed extremely well yeah. once he was t- once he took over. So mm-hmm. I don't blame them. Like they were one of the hottest teams out by the way the what he got out of Soderblom alone should keep him. Like yeah. especially with Comessa and like Ian Mitchell and like Yep. Um a uh, big thing the, the Ice Hogs lost to the Chicago Wolves by the way. And the Stay, oh yeah, team. Calder Cup champions, no big yeah, deal. Yeah, so they lost to a good team. Yeah, like they yeah. lost to the best team in the fucking thing. Like this, yeah. as soon as I saw they were playing the Wolves, Pierce, I'm not gonna lie, I was like, and we're just gonna. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was like, they, they'd be lucky enough to get one game, and they didn't get that. But hey, they did beat Texas. What's so good about Domo Texas? Sure they beat Texas last time they were in the playoffs too. Ironically, when Delia was the goalie, or, or they lost to Texas. I don't know, but I think um, they lost to Texas. They were Victor Victor Edsel. Victor was a huge part of that run. 
God. And Jeremy Colton was the head coach for that. My That's favorite. Cool. The one time Jeremy Colton had accolades. Hey, hey, come on. The ball against the Stop. Oh, Just a side note before we continue on our next segment. The NBA is crazy right now. Like, just imagine, like, Kevin Durant put his trade request in, Pierce. Think about this. He put his trade request in three hours before free agency opened. So, in hockey, like, the only way I can think of this in hockey terms is, like, if Nathan McKinnon was like, yeah, I want to leave right now. Like, three hours before free agency. Just said, I want to go. Gives the team no plan, no fallback option. Like, putting a core in the Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, just like it just it just shows the levels to like how like this sport is just light years behind every other sport because you got like oh, yeah. Rudy Gobert getting traded for four first round picks earlier today, and then like Kevin Fiala is getting traded for Brock Faber in a first. It's just like there's levels to this shit, and yeah. it's like, hey, who knows? Maybe Kyle Davidson gets that NBA like return for Alex DeBrincat. Who knows? Oh my god! Which like let's be they honest. already were, they already supposedly rejected two first round picks, including a high first round pick in this draft. I'd be curious. That- Wonderful come out of that. It was two firsts and a prospect. Apparently, it wasn't a good prospect, but it was a prospect. A prospect, so, nonetheless. Dude, the fact that Davidson's standing his ground, though, that make, gives me a lot of faith. Because what? Because remember, I've been screaming at the whole time. I'm just like, dude, if he gets nothing for Debrinket, or he even gets some, like half of what we think he should get for Debrinket, I'm going to be pissed. But the fact that he turned down two firsts and a prospect, that tells me he wants more. He's yeah. like L.A. Byfield. Uh, New Jersey holds like one yeah. of you or it's going to give me the piece oh. I want. Yeah. Like, and the number two overall pick, but that's nice. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, sorry. Just, um, no, but that's like a kind of another thing from the press conference. Like Kyle Davidson was there as well. And the big thing I took away from him, he's like, you we know, you know, we're, we're not going to do something just for the sake of doing something, which I like to hear. He's like, obviously I'd like to get to the first round, but if, it's going to cost us too much. Like, you know, we're not going to do it just for the sake of doing it. And he's proven that, that he's done that. Like, Brandon Hagel, like, we're not going to trade him just for the sake of trading him. But if you get an offer, bring me an offer that blows my socks off, then you can't and deny it. And he got that. And it sounds like he wants the same with the Brinkett. And there's teams that are pushing hard for the Brinkett, like the Senators could potentially. Kraken. The Kraken, apparently. Yeah, the Devils are in there, too. I wonder about the Flyers. If that's a move, Flyers are the team that I kind of want them for them to kick the tires a little more because the Flyers have the pieces that were because they have yeah because they have current pieces right now that can help the Blackhawks and they could get their fifth overall pick this year and potentially a first next year. Like literally, what did I say last or whatever podcast episode it was before? Desperate, delusional. That's what Philadelphia is. That is exactly what the Blackhawks were when they traded for Seth Jones. They were desperate and delusional. That's what all I'm saying is if they got the fifth overall pick. Travis Konechny, Bobby Brink, and a first next year. You take that and you run. You take that and you fucking One run. One of the Travises. Travis Sandheim. Oh, yeah, and Travis Sandheim. Yeah. My bad. Or both of the Travises. Fuck it. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Both of them. But, um, like, the fact that Konechny's on the trade board for, um, what's his name, Sarah Volley, makes me think, like, even more, like, dude, Philly might be the – like, as much as I don't want to see Debrinkit with Torts, I really don't want to see that. Um, that's the team. That, again, the whole ideal scenario is that DeBrinket stays in Chicago. He's the captain. We sign him long term, and he's the guy when we win. Yeah. Maybe not the guy, but like he's going to be on the first line. He's going to be. Listen, you get a Bedard or a Fantilli. Yeah. It's going to be nice to have a DeBrinket on one of the on their wing. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad. I'm just glad he's not being knee jerky with this decision. 
yeah. which is the number one thing you can ask for a GM. Obviously, Taze and Kane, you got a little tighter of a window. You only got like a year. If you're going to move them, you got to move them. But to bring it, like, you could take your time. You could definitely oh, yeah. take your time. That is an asset that's not going to depreciate anytime soon. <laughs> no, if anything, it's getting better. Yeah. Um, but I will say one thing. In the last month or so, Kyle Davidson has gained more trust from his interview. Like, oh, he, from what he said yeah. in his interviews, he's given me more faith. Because, like, yeah. I'm sorry, just coming out of the blue and saying, yeah, we're going to trade to Brinkett maybe. Like, or, like, we're listening, I think is what he actually said. But, you know, yeah. like, the Homer side of me is like, oh, we're going to trade our best oh, players. Oh, we're trading them, yeah. I feel like we – like, when we say we, – we we often yeah. equate listening to, yeah, they're going to trade them, you know? Yeah. And it's just, like, it's that line you walk when you hear all, like, the reporters saying, like, oh, it's going to happen. And then I'm just like, well, if, it's, if this is what he's declining right now, I don't know. Like, and granted, like, for what wall we know, that could have been, like, the, the 20th pick and then, like, the whatever the – Well, they did say a high-end pick. I don't know, but maybe – High-end pick could be in a lot of maybe, things. Yeah, that could mean, like, pick 13. It could mean, like, teen, yeah, it could mean teens. Like, it could be basically what the Blackhawks gave last year. But, like, yeah. yeah, I think if they want to get into the draft, like, they want to get into the top five if yeah. they can. Like, Ottawa's a team that, like, I, I would like to – like, if the Brickett's going to get traded anywhere, Ottawa probably would, like, be the most exciting – like, oh, yeah. now nah, it's a line. is the most exciting. With Jack Hughes and Debrinkit, that's the most exciting. But, like, true, Ottawa man. with the pieces they have. Dude, Stutzla, Debrinkit, or you put Debrinkit with Kachuk, or, you know, Ooh, like. Baby, Ottawa that power play, play, man. That yeah. power play. Like. Or even Josh Norris. Like, they got Drake Bath. Like, they got Drake Bath. They got guys. Dude, they're going to have pieces. And it's like, they have enough left-handed defensive prospects to where you could probably snag one of them. Like. Eric you get a Brandstrom. I don't think they'll give up Sanderson, but like no, you get, they a, won't. You get a Bernard Docker even or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then like And Ridley Greg. Woo! That's where I draw the line. Like if you can get Pinto instead of Greg, get the seven. No, but he's an untouchable, don't you know? I know. Like <laughs> like I don't know. This is like I don't know about you, but like the Ottawa trade that like in my mind I'm okay with right now is like Pinto, JBD. Or Brandstrom, depending on who they're – probably Brandstrom mm-hmm. just because DJ Smith is not a fan of him. Yeah. So it's probably Brandstrom, Pinto, seven, and then next year's first. That's the one I'm comfortable with. But I just don't see Ottawa trading next year's first, and that's where it comes down to at the end of the day. So I don't know. We could, we could literally do the Brinkett trade, like, we can make designs. For, we could that. literally do a two-hour show on that. Hell, if we get bored in Montreal, he might just do that if he hasn't been trading mm-hmm. yet. And then it can all be wrong the next day. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're literally going to be in – if he gets traded, we're going to be in Montreal when that happens. You realize Oh, yeah. That, like, right? when it does happen. Yeah, it's going to be the day of the draft. Holy smokes. Gonna that's like, going to be nuts. Last year. Yeah. And we interview Emily Kaplan that day. So <laughs> <laughs> And there's Man, fewer I, people in the industry that know what's going on with the Blackhawks than her than she seriously, is. she was yeah. on top of everything last offseason from Jones to Flurry to hell, even McCabe. I think she was on top of yeah. like the Flurry. Yeah, I don't know if you already said Flurry, but yeah, pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Like I'm pretty sure she got the Jones trade first, the Flurry trade and the Johnson trade first. Yeah. Oh, like that. she she's got her it, She's got her ear on the. She's got her ear on the sport. That's for sure. And then, but and before he shall not be named, got left because of you know what happened. Like she said that Jeremy Carlton was safe, and I totally believed it. And yep. I bet that was the case. But yeah, until he had a fire lit under his ass because he literally had a lawsuit on his hands. So, um, whatever. And you know what? I'm glad that like if anything, at the end of the day, I'm glad the he should not be named crap came up because now the hockey Canada shit is getting dealt with 
way better than it probably would have been dealt with if this wasn't oh, yeah, like, 12 months ago. The, like the sponsors wanna... getting rid of their like that's huge. They're not that's talking about thing. that enough. Yeah, do we want to talk about get into that? We might as well. Like we're touching yeah, that on it. Let's let's talk about it right now. Yeah. Like yeah. like the fact that there are actual legitimate sponsors for hockey Canada saying like we like you paid off all these play- like you paid off all these fuck like you paid off all this shit with probably our sponsorship money. Like Dude, there's some backwards shit going on, and I'm glad it's finally getting shunned. Like, obviously, like I feel like you can explain the like backstory of what happened with like, you know, like obviously the. If you the, don't know what happened, like again, you're just ignorant, or, or like you're either like, ignorant or you're just not looking when you should be looking at this mm-hmm. information when it gets put out there. As as like knee jerky and like it's not comfortable stuff to read. I'm sorry. Like people got sexually assaulted. It's not okay. And if we're being honest, the John Doe players that are being held right now, are really fucking good players. So if this is actually a problem. Like, dude, I'm not trying to point names right now. Like, please don't quote me on this. I'm not trying to point names, but if you're going off of when that world junior team's going on, you know, who's on that team, right? Pretty sure Kale McCarr is on that team. Like, no, he's the not. Thing is, yeah, so thank yeah, God. But, thank God. I know he was like his age was like right in that time. I was like, please don't. Yeah, he was on that. So he was on that team. The thing is, Fuck, is the CHL players that might have been on that team. Like, not all of the players were. I think were on that team. So like, Kale McCarr said that thank he because he was in the NCAA. So he was yeah, not a thank part God, of that. Dude. I, I yeah. thought McCarr was on that team. I was like, dude, this changes everything if he is. But oh no, um, but yeah, he said he's cooperating with the investigation. Now. Um, Victor Mete also came out saying that. So, like, if we get more players coming out saying, yeah, I'm not a part of this, it's going to get those people that covered up shit in their pants. Yeah. Um, thank you for thing. correcting me. Please, thank you for yeah. correcting me. No I, worries, I, no worries, I really don't want to put someone in the wrong light when I said that's why I tried to catch myself beforehand. Yeah. So, um, I'm glad. I'm glad because, like, he, he legitimately could be the face of this league in three years if he really, like, if they market him properly. Like, I'm and sorry, like the like, biggest thing is 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 the victim. Like I, I feel I so this, bad for her. Yeah. Like she, it, it, there's no winning in this battle. There's no, no winning. Whenever you think at the end of the day, like oh she got paid, oh like they got all the money in the world. I'm like, not that all the stuff she went through. Like her family, her like her life, her life has changed forever. You gotta live with it forever, and no amount of money is gonna change that. No, it was almost. It's like with the whole Kyle Beach situation. It's with what happened with Logan Mayu last year. Like sickening. And it, yeah, and it, it really is. And, and the fact that hockey Canada has come out and said, like, we've probably had one or two cases of these a year. doesn't surprise me. does not surprise me one bit. It's literally not surprising one bit. Make better? Like, what? It doesn't make it better at all. It's just like, you need to be like, it just shows how messed up some of these like HR things are to where people can't speak out. And, have a platform to say what happened to them without having some sort of backlash or some sort of behind the scenes. Like, hell, Kyle Beach got blackballed out of the league for what happened to him. And he was a fucking 11th overall pick, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Pretty sure he's some, like, the the only first-round pick of that draft not to play an angel. Dude, he was a black ace on a Stanley Cup final team. You can't tell me he wasn't good. You can't tell me he wasn't good. I'm sorry. Like... I don't know. And then, like, for the victim, it's just, like, she doesn't get that – she doesn't get that closure at the end of the day. She won't. No. And, like, the fact that the victims get to be – or, like, not the victims, the accused – or the victimizers, I guess, in this case. Yeah. They get to Perpetrator. be John Doe's is sickening, yeah. in my opinion. It is. Like, you should – you should have your name put out there. I'm sorry. Oh, like, 100%, yeah. 
I don't care if you're still in the league. I don't care if you make millions of dollars. You are a shitty piece of... You did a shitty thing, and you need to own up to it. You don't just get to pay it off and fucking shove it under the rug. Those skeletons will come out of the closet eventually. That's the thing, like... I probably could have stated that better, but it's just like... Fuck, man. And that's the thing, like... There's always going to be the people on it, like Rick Westhead, Katie Stringer, always on stuff like that. It's it's so thankful. I'm so thankful to say, like, you never want this stuff to happen in the first place. But it's nice that these people aren't letting them get away with it. Like, always the big thing is is the money. Like, they they could quite frankly give a shit less about the person, the victim, which fucking sucks that it's because of that. But though all the sponsors are pulling out now, that's less money. I've even seen people saying that they should cancel like any hockey Canada event. Yes, I've seen that. And honestly, I would not be against that. Like they're like maybe is it a bit of an overreaction? I don't give a fuck if it is or not, but like it makes it makes a statement. It makes a yeah it makes a statement. The money, like that's the big thing. Like with the Blackhawks, the whole thing was it's like, oh they're not gonna do anything. But if you put pressure on them and like like sponsors start saying, saying shit where that's where they make all their money. That's when they're going to make changes. Like, I don't know if you, like, I don't mean to cut you off. Like, I don't know if you okay, saw yeah. like the, like they went up to parliament and they basically like shit a Dude, solid brick on stage. Like yeah. what, what's that? Not that Justin Trudeau is a perfect person. No, but, like, but like he, he you got go over to parliament and you just shit him. a brick. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it shows the lack of professionalism top to bottom with the sport. Sometimes it's unbelievable. Like how many times have we said this with this sport? How does your PR team not tell you what to say at this point? Like, yeah, it reminded me of when Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane went up after the Kyle Beach thing. Like, literally, what it was like, just shit in the brick. You so. should be reading off a sheet of paper at this point every time you're on the screen forever. I'm not even trying to defend them at this point. This is just a point of professionalism for this league going forward. Like, you should not be able to have these outbreaks. Like, granted, we could do outbreaks. We're on a stupid podcast. That's not the point. Like. You shouldn't be able to, like, do shit like that and just get away with it because, like, your lack of professionals will be fine because you have, like, 40 years of experience in the business or whatever. Like, no, fuck that. Like, I'm sorry. Like, your years of experience don't go – don't, like, sugarcoat what you have done for the last God knows how long you've been covering this under the rug. Like, I don't know, man. I, I'm just going to keep going in circles. I'm just not yeah. not happy with this right now. Right. <laughs> no, either. It, it, it's – Again, you prefer it doesn't happen, but like, thank God, there's people co- co- like on this. Like, they're not letting go of this. That's the big thing, and the main thing from this. Like, I hope the victim finds solace and peace in her her life because I, you'll never be able to recover. Like, I I don't know how that how that feels, but it's just she wants you 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 like the big thing is you want privacy in your life. You don't want to be regular, you know. Like, and of course, stupid shit. Like, the, the case is still going on because people are too much of cowards to like, you know, just like to settle this. You know, like I don't know much from the legality, like legality side, like legal thing of the legal side of things. But I just the big thing is I hope whoever the the John Doe's are that come out, I hope they they have to. I don't even know. I'm, I'm again talking about the stuff. It's just like it's, sometimes I get lost for words. I don't know what to say. But hopefully that uh, they have to face the consequences that's coming to them. And again, the big thing, the victim. I hope that her, her family, her close ones, her friends find solace and peace, and they they're getting all the help that they need right now. Because that's always going to be the biggest thing to me. Yeah, and at the end of the day, like the last thing we can all say is just like listen please listen to victims like Dude. even 
I don't care yeah. if you don't believe the story. I don't care if you have your own opinion. You just need to listen. Because sometimes that's all people need at the end of the day. And there's been a lot of people not listening. And this is how shit happened. This is how shit like this transpires. Because people just don't listen. And people don't have... don't People don't feel comfortable enough to like even say their problems. Because the people won't listen. And it's just like, just believe survivors. Please listen. Like, for the Always. love of God. We literally... Like, Literally, the, the day the Kyle Beach thing came out, that's what we titled the podcast, Believe in Survivors, always. Like, we're going backwards as a society, I swear to God. Jesus. Yeah. All right. like, <sighs> fuck. Again, we could, we could really make a whole podcast of all the shit that's going on in the world, but yeah, there's never there's never an easy transition. We're going to have to take a sharp right turn. I was about to say, yeah, we should probably get to a lighter topic, because at the end of the day, this is... A hockey podcast. We are but here at the for same time. Vessel. We have to bring jo- we have but to bring the- lights. If we have a platform, you have to bring lights to something. No matter how little we are, like you have a you platform, want- you got to say something. And if mm-hmm. you said it better than anyone, like Pierce, you said it. Like we got a platform, we're gonna say something every time. No, we should we should never shy away. as as hard as it's to talk. Like we should never shy away from this. Like always, like I always say, it's uncomfortable to talk. We'll think about how the person that was actually victimized must feel. Yep. With any topic like racism or any of the shit that has, stupid shit that happens in the world because people are just assholes. Yeah, I'm just not even getting into it. All right. Yeah, let's let's get to a later yeah. topic. Let's talk about the draft. Yeah. yeah talk about the draft. Not even trying um, to segue like that, but just yes. The no, draft. there's there's you're never gonna be able to properly segue from that. But yeah, the the draft is in six days. Yeah, because today's Friday. The draft is on Thursday, six days away. Um, so even last year when there's a lot of uncertainty in the drafts, like Owen power was still pretty much the guy, even though I still don't think like he's going to be a solid top four defense, probably even top pairing defenseman, but I still think there's probably a couple other guys. Over <laughs> but anyways, that's, that's last year's draft. I want to get into this year's draft. We don't even know who the first overall pick is like Shane, Wright. I would assume it's Shane, Wright. I think it should be Shane Wright's, even though I don't have him number one on my board. I'll, I'll, discuss my ranking stevie stevie does think shane wright should go with number one overall she's a shane wright truther i was gonna say do we want to do like a like a mock draft of the top 10 or you just want to do all right yeah i'm down because i was kind of i was kind of like looking at film today just or this morning trying to see which i'm not gonna lie uh did not watch a lot of cutter gotier film until today and uh i could see why people like that guy now (laughs) i can see why people like that guy i have a hot take regarding him Ooh. okay well, um, I will let the guy who's actually done draft research start us off. Apologies. Yeah. So funny <laughs> enough, I released my rankings like a couple weeks ago, and then I looked back at them again for like the first time in a couple weeks, and I already made some changes from what was last <laughs> time. So make- the duality that, of the draft. Yeah, that's why. That's the big thing about making a list. It's like, oh, it's gonna be so much fun looking back on it, and then it's like you're editing it and stressing out about it all the time. So, um, yeah, like I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, update it. Have by tomorrow and then have the fullest on and then I'm not going to touch it again because that's not <laughs> good for my mental health if I keep going <laughs> for the most part I'm comfortable with what it's at right now because it's there's still like another week till the draft well six days obviously but um yeah kind of going through the rankings so I do have Logan Cooley number one um kind of going back to the topic of who's going to go first overall I can understand there being a Shane Wright versus Logan Cooley debate because looking at Montreal's perspective, they Nick Suzuki is 
very similar to Shane Wright. Like, there, he's not going to wow you. Like, he doesn't have the foot speed. He doesn't have necessarily have the hands. He's more of a, a cerebral player, you know, more of a and like more hockey IQ guy. That's kind of what Shane Wright is. Whereas Logan Cooley is just speed and hands and creativity and all that. Not that Shane Wright doesn't have that, but like Logan Cooley does have that dynamicism that Shane Wright doesn't have. So. I can understand that debate, but there's a whole thing that Yuri Slavkovsky might go first overall. And I'm um, looking at Bob McKenzie's list. I believe he has something like the last 15 first overall picks right. So um, I'm never in a bet against Bob McKenzie, but at the same time, I think Montreal would be making a big mistake if they do go Yuri Slavkovsky um, first overall. Like, I think he's going to be a great. I have him at number five. We'll get into him a bit later. I just want to go through my rankings. But Slavkovsky uh, really is that, like, that's like the like I feel like there's a lot of those um drafts. I don't mean to cut you off of this. There's just like a lot of those draft prospects where it's like that's the guy they're setting on. And I feel like there's a lot of uh scouts that are just like Slefkowski's my guy that I'm sticking with for this draft. Like no matter what. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Like I guess it's just playing against men. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. But mm-hmm. I don't know. and obviously like the the Olympics, he had a great Olympics. He was the MVP of the Olympics. Like he really raised his play there. Like he was good at the world championships too. Like he's shown up well internationally. I even think he's progressed over the year. I just, I don't know if I would take him even with the top three pick to be honest, but at the same time, I wouldn't like have a problem. Like I could see why a team picks him because he's just like six, four, 220 pounds. Like he's going to be, he's going to be a monster. Even if he doesn't develop into that, that high end, like first line left winger, like he can still be a guy like Val Nachushkin where he's just a fucking, a beast menace you know? yeah a menace exactly a menace on the four check who a guy who can get like clean your middle six second line like a brady get chuck like that's what yeah that, like that's another good one too like um mm-hmm. but if but you yeah. had the number one pick as the montreal canadians if you're kent hughes who are you picking so i would pick shane right here's the thing like i make my list purely from like what i would do but I'm not an NHL general manager. I don't have the stresses that that, uh, <laughs> that an NHL GM does because I would probably go Logan Cooley just for the upside and dynamicism because that would bring the, a different element to the Canadians. But at the same time, are you, there's so many internal external factors as Ken Hughes that you got to worry about. Like, is Logan Cooley going to hit that high-end ceiling? Like, I still think Shane Wright is the safest player, like the safest pick, the most likely to reach a ceiling is draft. I still think he's going to be like a, at least like a – like a, a decent first line, like him and him and, and Suzuki will, will be a great one to duel. But with Ken Hughes, you're thinking like, again, like is Cooley going to hit that upside? Like right would are fans going to like take kindly to that, that you took someone else besides Shane Wright. I just feel like if you go to Shane Wright, the, a guy who's been uh, an exceptional status pick, I feel like you can't really go wrong with that. So that's why I go Shane Wright at one, at one, but I personally like I do have Logan Cooley at one just because he does have that upside and dynamicism. Oh yeah, I I get that a hundred percent. And um, they're and they're both in the same tier for me. They're well, technically I have a first tier which is like franchise altering talent. So when I do this ranking next year, it'll be, um, it'll be Bedard. But like none none of Cooley or Wright really like. Are, are in that tier the first year for me so i do have him a number two which is like an elite player top 10 15 at the position at the nhl and i do think cooley and Wright could be that so i do have them one two um i i don't know i don't know what about you like what do you think about the top of the draft like i think montreal should go shane Wright, but at the same time i still think logan cooley could be the best player from this draft i Okay, so like you know me, I've been I've been a Logan Cooley shooter since like October. So so like I I have I love Logan Cooley. I would totally respect him going one, 
I just think strictly because the drafts in Montreal and you really don't want to get booed out of yeah, your own building, you take me. Shane Wright. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. even if Shane Wright's not going to be, because like I've seen people say like he might be a second line center only, which I'm sorry, I just don't see that. Like I, I've told you before, I see John Tavares and Shane Wright's game every yeah, time. I watch there's him. not like a lot again. Like there's not a lot of flash, but this guy can make plays. He can shoot the puck as well. Like that's imagine like- that guy in the corners getting the puck for Caulfield. That's all I'm. Gonna yeah, say. exactly. Like that's. And, and, like, to be fair, Slavkovsky could do that, too. But also, Dude, this you gives have you a first so much Slavkovsky flex. and Suzuki and Caulfield, but I still wouldn't do that. Like, that'd be nice and all, but it's just, like, man, with the division that's got, like, Matthews Tavares down the middle, you're going to have Buffalo, who's going to have a bunch of weapons eventually. Detroit's got their guy. Like, the Ottawa's got a bunch of guys down the middle. It, it's going to be nice to have right Suzuki down I the middle. I hope you line up well against those teams. For sure. And you could get Cooley and do the same thing, too. That's not the problem. It's just – um. I feel like if Montreal had number two, it'd be a lot easier for them. Yeah. Because, like, if Montreal had two, then he, if Wright's gone, then you can take whoever you want. But now I also you're think in a- you want the choice. I think you want the first overall pick, and I yeah, think they I do eventually true. go right. But the thing is with Montreal, like, you can still go right. He's still going to probably be a first-line center. And, I think he will be. And, yeah, line. I do too. I, and I think, like, they still got, like, the. I think they got a late first-round pick. They got an early second-round pick. If guys fall, you, that's when you take the swing on those other guys. So, yeah, 100%. And, like, it's not like Montreal, like, I, I, how do I want to put this? Like, they need centers at the end of the day. Like, Slefkovsky yeah. it, it, should not be in this conversation. No, I, get what I don't think done. they can go wrong with Wright or Cooley. They can't. And, like, and honestly, I'm not even against Slefkovsky. That's not the problem. No. It's just – he literally has to be a Rantanen clone to be good, in my eyes, at the number one pick. At least at the number one pick. You know what I mean? At, even at number two, I get Slefkowski at number two to the Devils. I get that more than anything, if I'm being honest. Like, I, I have Slefkowski going two right now, currently. Yeah, they're the rare, like, team that actually has enough centers. You can pick like, for position this time. Where they can, they can pick for position. Yeah, exactly. Well, and then there's the part of you that's like, well, shit, Cooley can play wing too. So it's like... Exactly. Or you could have three elite centers and you can trade one of them and get some some back you need. Like, again, like, that's the thing. Do you go for position or do you go for just the best player available, which could get you, like, which is the best asset? But, I mean, New Jersey might view Slavkovsky better than than uh Cooley, so they might just pick him anyways. And the, the big thing is, is like Montreal's like my I think is doing some big brain shit by saying, Oh, he might take Slavkovsky. And I think New Jersey really wants to go Slavkovsky. So it's like, oh what will you give, yeah, what will you get to trade up to number one? Not that I think Montreal would do that because I, I again how can you sell <laughs> even though it's like one pick difference, you're still gonna get a, get a great player. Boot out of the building unless yeah, you get another are you gonna rationalize that to your fans, like, you know? Yeah. There's just no way. Um but like yeah, Slavkovsky to the Devils makes too much sense. But, like, ah, there's the Homer side of me that's like, if they trade us the number two pick, then who the fuck do we even go with? Oh, like, Whatever oh, yeah. center falls to us, Logan Cooley. I would totally go Logan Cooley. Yeah. Because, like, part of me was like, does New Jersey go Nemich or someone? But then I was like, nah. nah. Uh, they, they got Hamilton. They, like, they got... If, they were, if they didn't move up, they probably would. But, no, I think I don't think they pass up on Slavkovsky. Nah, you're right. But then that's good because, like, so if Slavkowski goes two, then that means Logan Cooley is going to fall into the lap of Arizona. Oh, Arizona, point. no matter what happens, I think they're in a good position. because They're getting Slavkowski or Cooley. Because I think no matter what happens, I think the three – like, the top three is going to be some order of Shane Wright, Logan Cooley, and your Slavkowski. So he's Arizona's going to get one of those players. 
I think it's going to be Logan Cooley, though. And that's a great add to that prospect pool, man. Oh, man. Logan Cooley and that set. Like, they need a Logan Cooley in that prospect pool. Exactly. That's exactly what they need. Like, they don't need defense. They don't – they need one of those forwards. And unless they're going to go high on Cutter Gauthier or something, which, like, I'm not going to put against them because they might. Um yeah, it should be Cooley or Slavkovsky. That's money in the bank. And then, which honestly sets up Seattle to get Simon Nemich, which would be freaking perfect for that franchise, I feel like. Yeah. If you can have Dunn and Nemich going forward, that's nice. That's nice. At least for a starter, that's nice. And you got Ottavainen in the system and stuff. Like, you got – they got players, but, man – like it's, it's, not, it's it. like you got Beniers as a center, then you got Nemec as your your one. It's Nemec or Yurichek, just depending on yeah. what their preference is. Because like it's, I like Yurichek yeah, too. It's kind of a mix up. Like I've I've Nemec three, and then I have Yurichek four. Like this is my next tier, the third tier, which is like top line forward or top pairing defenseman. What I see happening. Simon Nemec is interesting because I think there's a lot of Seth Jones to his game. Like he's great. Like when you see him skating, carrying the puck, I think he's great. He can generate offense. He's even good at Enzo defense. The thing is he gets burned a lot on his gaps and in transition, which is what the same thing Seth Jones has had the problem with, but like just being a puck moving defenseman, I do think he has a bit more upside than David Yurchuk. I think David Yurchuk's a bit more safer. It's kind of the same thing with uh, Cooley and Wrights, but with Nemich and Cherichek, both the same position. Like, I think your check's probably a bit more safer, but I think there's probably a bit more upside with Simon Nemich. Um, again, Nemich, Nemich, like there, it doesn't get enough talking about enough, but like he was also on that Slovak Olympian team, like Olympian team that won bronze with Slavkovsky. I don't know if, like, how many minutes he played, but he was still on that team. So like, um, but your check, uh, he had surgery. Like he only played the first half of the year, but I thought he was just a solid all around defenseman. He's good defensively. Um, he has an absolute bomb from the blue line. Like, I think he'd be a power play specialist. I just don't know if he has the, quite the same puck-moving abilities that Simon Namich has. But, again, it's it's really all preference. Like, what kind of defense would you want to have, I guess? Like, I guess Debbie Dierczyk is a bit more, like, old-fashioned. But, like, Simon Namich, like, if he if he can figure out, like, those gap controls, like, I think he could be a, a puck-moving defenseman machine and like and be like a good power power play quarterback like it's it's so close so like you could make the argument like you could put your check there and i'd be like yeah whatever i was gonna say yeah it it really is just preference of what the coach wants because if the coach wants gap control you go your check in my opinion because this gap control i think is really good but like you said like if you want to go with that upside and you and you could fix that gap control on simon nevich he he is going to be a legitimate star in this league not a star but like you know what i mean like a top he's gonna, be a tier, he's gonna be a tier like below guys like mccarr and fox and, and stuff yeah. yeah no and i agree with that 100 like he has that upside and it's just like you put him in a system with seattle that's a good starting spot i think you gotta give him time i don't think i wouldn't put him in the nhl right no. now. I give him, I give him a year maybe so, yeah like, at least a year, at least a year. But like by then you'll have like an older Jamie Alexiak or you'll have a Vince Dunn or you'll potentially have someone else to put on that left side with him. Like they'll be fine if they draft one of them. And then that leaves the fifth overall pick, which I, I don't know. Um, that would be Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Haha. Yeah. Which um, going to Chicago, baby. Woo. I don't think Philly goes your check. I don't. I think they go go chair. That just that just seems right up their alley. Yeah, because they're not gonna go upside with Savoy. There's no way they won't go I, upside unless they see something in a guy like. I could 
okay, this is, this is the point of the draft where I could see a guy like Nazar going higher than people think. Yeah, I think number five with Philadelphia is where it really gets interesting because the top three, no matter what order it happens, it's going to be those three guys that we mentioned before. Number four, I think, is the first yeah, defense. Probably will like, go the next defense, the first defenseman, whichever one they want to choose. It's going to be either Nemich or Yurchek. But number five, Philadelphia can really like do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, I think they should swing for the upside, or even go with like Savoy or go with Yurchek. But they could really go off the board and pick someone else. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was just gonna say I have Cutter Gochi at seventeenth, not because I don't like him, but there's just a lot of guys I see kind of in that the same tier I have him in as that have higher upside than him. Like Cutter Goche, no doubt in my mind, he's going to be a NHL player. Like he's going to be at least a second line guy. Like he's, he's probably as close, like he's right up there with like Shane Wright and Logan, like Shane Wright probably being NHL ready. Like I even say he's ahead of, uh, of Logan Cooley. I, I can see him being like a Maddie Benier situation where he goes to university i think he's going to boston college i know he's playing center and that's a big thing a 6-3 center a guy that could be ready soon that just that just seems like something philadelphia would do you know oh 100 like don't go size like especially for torts come on now yeah like exactly and cutter go like at least for me i think cutter go to fits what they are always looking for at least in terms of what torts is going to want in a mold for philly players um me personally, I'd probably go Savoy or Nazar at that pick. I, oh, I would I'm, too. Yeah, I'm definitely. extremely high on Frank Nazar. Like, I think he. Yeah, me too. He should probably too, go. Well, oh, he goes six for me in this, but like, I, I have him going that high. Like, I legitimately think if, if you're gonna bet on anything in this draft, you bet on the most skilled players. And Frank yeah. Nazar, like when he's getting the compare, like when he's the only guy that can compare to Logan Cooley in this draft class, you take the bet on that guy. That's all I'm gonna say. Like, and that's why I think he's going to go six to Columbus in mind. Like, I that it's, it's preference for him and Savoy yeah. at that point. But if we if we think about the Blackhawks having pick at that God having that sixth pick, Nazar would be, <laughs> Nazar would be perfect for what Kyle Davidson's looking. at. I think he can be a center. I think he can get into that inside lane, those inside lanes that you he's need to literally do. Exactly what he's looking. For. Yeah, like to a T. <sighs> It he's so like his ability with the puck from what I've seen on like film is just unbelievable. Like his his entries, he plays with so much energy and pace too. Like there's concerns like he's obviously a smaller guy, but like if there's gonna be like honestly, I feel more comfortable with Frank Nazar at center than I do with with Matthew Savoy. Yeah, honestly, Savoy. Kind well, of I do have like Savoy. Do I do have Savoy higher than Nazar? Because I think he have just he probably has the high the second highest ceiling of the draft potentially. Like. Definitely top three. Like he's right up there with ceiling with terms of right and Cooley, I'd say. For sure. Maybe Flavkovsky, but yeah. Um yeah. but who do you have going six? Uh six. Well, I guess we can do the we're I guess we're kind of doing the mock draft and what we think would happen, but um or like like looking at my rankings. But yeah, number six, I have Matthew Savoy. I would go Matthew Savoy, but like if they went Frank Nazar, I have him at eight. He's the first player of the near tier. I don't know if he quite has the offensive upside. Of like Slavkovsky and Savoy, I even have Brad Lambert there. That's like like that's a huge wild card. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, Frank Nazar, he's the first player of the new tier. Like I think he's gonna be center at the next level. I think he's gonna put on more strength. I could even see him being like a like a thing where he spends one year in college. I think he's going to Michigan, which is crazy because they they still have like a really good team. Um, but yeah, um, 
Frank Nazar. Sorry. Oh, that's all good. Um, so yeah, um, Frank Nazar. I could see a guy coming, like playing one year at college and then signing after that's done, or maybe he might even take a year in the AHL or two. But I don't see him being that far off away. But yeah. Um, you got Ken Johnson at center. Cole Sillinger played center. If he can add Frank Nazar to that, who because he's he's different from Johnson and Sillinger. He plays with I'd say more pace and more energy. Way more like, pace. Ooh, yeah. At least in terms from Sillinger, Johnson I think plays a, little, a lot more pace than people give him credit for. But at least in terms of Sillinger, he's like you put more. him with Sillinger, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, that's always been the knock on Sillinger is kind of his game, but he's like, oh god, he'd be so good as a black hawk. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I know I kind of changed the way you wanted to do the draft preview because I know no, you had no. your rankings. Yeah. But no, know. we can. I like I like what we've been doing so far though. No, because I, I feel like when we look back at the mock draft, we just be like, oh, so he went that high. <laughs> yeah. No, we can. Here's the thing: we can do like a like an actual mock draft, like on for my simplifying scouting thing, which you can check out for my rankings. We can do that in Montreal. Like I, you and I, there we go. Let's do that. Let's do it. Well, yeah, we can kind of like do like a what, what we've been doing before though. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I I would have no problem with Frank Mazar. The thing is, like a lot of like publication scoutings, like I think, um, like so, like Chris Peters has them high. Like Elite Prospects has them high. The Athletic Rankings have them high. But according to like Bob McKenzie's list and like just like talking, like just seeing stuff from NHL scouts, like. A lot of, a lot of uh, teams are kind of low on Frank Nazar, and it's because of size. That's all it is. I, yep. I don't care. And that's why the – if I'm, I'm so serious. If Frank Nazar even drops past 15, Kyle Davison needs to get in the round one. Somehow. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care how – got to get in the round one and go steal If you trade both your second-round picks – Go get them. Like, honestly, I'm so comfortable giving up both seconds for Frank Nazar. Like, I don't care. Like, yeah, Frank Nazar's 15th on Bob McKenzie's rankings. There's like three or four forward talents where if they drop past like 15 or 20, you need to trade back in and go get them because they won't be there when you go get your pick. And that's the on. thing. There's so much uncertainty with this draft. I'd even say more so than last year. Um, Like players are going to drop. Oh, 100%. Because like I, I'm going to be honest, like after pick eight, it's kind of a crapshoot. Like, I'd even say after pick five. <laughs> pick four. Yeah, honestly, you're kind of right. Philadelphia, whatever Philadelphia does, like – Oh, I. That's that's where it starts for me. Like where it's gonna be really interesting. I'm curious. I'm gonna ask you real quick. What are your thoughts on Marco Casper? Because like I've seen him like getting picked like by Detroit a lot, and yeah. I I haven't heard a lot from him mainly because he's a you know European prospect, and you just don't hear a lot about him anyway. But um, what are your thoughts on Casper? So I have Marco Casper at 19th in my fourth tier. That's a guy who's probably going to be a probable top six forward, top four defenseman. Again, it's an interesting thing with drafting, like floor versus ceiling. Like, do you want to get a guy who can play in the NHL? Probably isn't going to re- like be like a first line guy, but is still going to play in your middle six. Going to be an all situation guy. That's Marco Casper. Like, I like Marco Casper. I would have him higher, but there's just players that I simply like more than him. That I think have higher upside, and again, like I'm not, I'm not an HLGM. I'm just looking at this like, how much upside can I get out of them? Like, if you're an HLGM wanting to pick them, like that's a guy who's going to be in your lineup probably fairly quick because he played quite well in the SHL, which is one of the best leagues in the NH- or in the world for hockey. Um, you can slot him up, you slot him in the lineup. You can pretty much 
pretty much put him anywhere. Like he can play center, he can play wing, he can play power play, he can play penalty kill. That's like that's very versatile. Yeah, like he has that motor. He's a pain in the ass to play against. There's even like kind of like a Patrick Hornfist to his game. Like I like that. I, again, it's like it's it's the again it's all about preference. It's at the draft. Like it's kind of in that tier where it's like if if Detroit go like goes up and picks them at eight or whatever they're at, I'd be like, okay, I can understand that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get what you mean. It's just like a, it, it's just a situation that kind of put themselves in. Like at least in terms of Detroit, it's like um, you could you could either go with the upside with like a pick eight. Or you could go like because I I I'm sorry I've seen Marco Casper to the Red Wings and at least five different mock drafts like yeah. I that seems like something Steve Arzman would do though you can never be too sure what he's doing he should just go Matthew Savoy and make everyone mad in my opinion that's that's what I would do like we didn't we didn't talk about Ottawa's pick but that's probably what I'd do if I was Ottawa Matthew Savoy just go oh yeah no I that I, I thought I made that clear with when I oh, put yeah, Zara yeah. at six Savoy what? was going seven for me like what if if I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna be there for Ottawa at seven. But Cutter Goche would be exactly what Ooh. Ottawa wants. Dude, Goche with Kachuk would be so. That'd be a problem. Yeah. That'd be a problem. But yeah, oh, if yeah. Goche is not getting past Philly, if they get the chance, no, not like, at all. Maybe Philly surprises us and goes like you know, like Nazar or something. But I just don't see it happening. Yeah, that's the thing. Like it really. That's where it really gets interesting is Philadelphia at that fifth pick. And then I guess like. Because like the rest of that, because like I, I guess nine. We're like for Jacob. Uh, what do you, what do you think Buffalo goes with? Hmm. Like I do have Brandon Lambert at seven. Like I'm like I think I'm one of the only few people that like has faith in him. Like I'm just betting on his upside, but I can also understand understand why some people have him like in the twenties. But I maybe not on number nine. But if he's there at sixteen with Buffalo, I would definitely take Brad Lambert. But uh, yeah, ba- like. Kind of looking at my list, like Joachim Kamel, I would take maybe a chance at Joachim Kamel. Um, kind of looking at like uh, Bob McKenzie's list. Well, if we so, I'm thinking this is how it went with our like thing. So if we had Cutter Gochi going fifth, like someone like David Yerchek would still be available. I don't know if he slips that far, but like if someone like Matt Savoy, like say um, Ottawa doesn't take. Savoy, they took like year check, and if Savoy falls to number nine, I would definitely take them if I was Buffalo. Oh, 100%. And like, I mean, how we kind of rank Nazar higher than most scouts. If Nazar's there at nine, you take him and run. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In that system. Like, I I don't, like, I, I'm not going to lie. I just saw a mock draft where they take Kevin Korchensky, or I think this is his name. Yeah, Kevin Korchensky. I don't know if I take him that high, but that's. Yeah. I bet you Kev- Kevin Korczynski is another guy that could kind of like Cutter Gauthier where he's like rising up. I have him at number 16, actually a pick ahead of Gauthier or like one rank ahead of Gauthier. But like he's a guy, he's 6'2". He kind of has a later birthday. Like he has a late June birthday, which like he's a puck moving defenseman. Like he's almost like, Will Scout said this, he's almost like Jake Gardner. Like he moves the puck extremely well. Like most of the game he's a very effective defenseman, but then he has that one brain fart where you're like, oh God, what? <laughs> I could, like, that's a guy who could potentially be, like, right outside the top 10, if not inside the top 10, just because of all the, the tools he has. You know who that's, like, I know he's outside of the top 10 for what we're picking, but that's the guy who goes 11 to San Jose, like, 11 times out of 10. Oh, Anaheim? Anaheim? I bet Anaheim would take a chance on him. That just seems like some... 
he's a lefty, right? Like, yeah, like yeah. I've even seen some like people say Shea Theodore, and I've kind of seen that too. Dude, they get their Shea Theodore yeah, replacement yeah. finally. That'd be kind of nice. Same WHL team that uh, Theodore was on too. Seattle Thunderbirds, I'm pretty sure. So gotta love the Thunderbirds. Matt Barzell's on water. Yes, um, sir, and Keegan Colaser. Hell yeah, brother. Hell um, yeah. I was gonna say, but like to have Korchensky and uh, Drysdale going forward, that's pretty nice. That's pretty nice in terms of moving Dude. the puck. Holy yeah, shit. you're you're gonna get the puck up with ease. And I was gonna say, like, even if he gets past like either of the California teams, like I could totally see Columbus taking a chance on a guy like that. Oh, like I know they already got Bean and Rowenski, but like Korchensky's proved he could play the right side in junior, like. No, yeah, you can easily move stuff like that around, I think. Man, like di- like you said, dude, after pick five, it gets really interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would think Korchensky would go to Anaheim at 10th, though? Like, uh, I think if, if he's going to – I think if a team's going to go hot him, I think that would be Anaheim. That just seems like something they'd do. I'd like to see it, honestly. Like, now that I'm thinking about it, like, him and Drysdale would just be – especially no. since they just got rid of Lindholm. Like, they need someone – like, they have Fowler, but, like – yeah, Josh Mahura is not going to cut it on the left side. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Hobaka Nine is not going to cut it on the left side. Like, <sighs> but um, this draft is definitely going to like. We're just going to be sitting there in Montreal. It's just going to be a lot of like, huh? Okay, Ooh, that's <laughs> yeah. like a lot of Mason McTavish picks. <laughs> that's that's going to be one of my hot takes. I think Cutter Gauthier could go third. Like, <laughs> even though you haven't ranked like 19, yeah, he's gonna go third. <laughs> it's not because I don't like him, it's just I see more guys like with more upside than Cutter Goche. But like, I could, I could also see like Arizona potentially reaching for Goche at third, like, like kind of like makes him McTavish over Logan Cooley. If they somehow let Cooley fall into Seattle's lap, and Seattle has Cooley and Beniers oh, going forward, oh, holy God. fucking shit, yeah. that team is good. At that point, like Seattle needs to go throw money at like a defenseman. Like, <laughs> yeah, Chomsky actually, no, there. go get Gaudreau. Go, go make sure the centers develop. <laughs> yeah, Holy just get everyone. Honestly, yeah, go get everyone. Like your team could only get worse, right? Like, Grubauer's gonna be better. You think? Well, Dreger's not gonna play next year, so there's that. Like, Colin Delia backup. Let's go. Let's go. It's <laughs> what the people want. Give the people what they want. So yeah, um, who is would be next in this this mock draft? Oh, I thought we were only doing top ten. That's why. Oh yeah, top ten is good. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I figured. Um, I figured if you wanted to do one like when we're in Montreal, we can do the rest. Yeah, of let's but do We can that. touch on the Blackhawks because I know you probably have some guys that I would at least like to hear that you have been scouting. Okay, because like okay. I have all I've heard is like Julian Lutz, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is a he's the only German I have ranked, and I think he's pretty much the only German like notable. You know what's cool about Julian Lutz? He is born on a leap day, February 29th, two thousand four. <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah. he's three years or he's like four years old. <laughs> Sweet, five. I'm pretty sure five. Oh my bad. Sorry. Or no, four, four, five. I don't. Four know. and a half. He's getting four, up there. Four. <laughs> he's getting up there you know who else oh. had a, a leap day birthday cam ward i remember that no shit i did not know that and simone Gagne. i remember because i read like an article about it like weird that's what but anyway 
No, I, I like genuinely didn't know that. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, that, that is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, uh, I want to more look at Bob McKenzie's list because I feel like that's more indicative of what's actually going to happen. So the thing with Bob McKenzie's list is he actually like. He, this isn't him just being like, yeah, I like this guy. I'm going to put him there. No, he's actually surveying scouts from NHL teams to get, like, a temperature check, I guess, on what's going on. So I think Slavkovsky had, from what I see, had five out of the ten first-place votes. Shane Wright had four out of the ten-place votes. And then Logan Cooley had one out of the ten-place votes. So it goes Slavkovsky, Wright, Cooley, Nemich, and Cutter Gauthier at number five. So that's why I think Cutter Gauthier is could potentially, I think he's gonna be a top five pick. I he could even go as high as three, really, just because of the way he's been rising up. But, mm-hmm. um, kind of looking at that like late, late, tw- mid, late 20s or like or late 30s, early 40s range. Um, some interesting names Philip Mashar. Okay, no, so the first player I think will be interesting is, um, Liam Bichol, Excel, or however you say it, he's. I heard his five. stock's going up though. Yeah, he's he's going up. Like he's six five and a half. He's two hundred twenty five pounds. He's an absolute monster. He's a menace. Like very good. He's a very solid defender. Like he held his own in the SHL. Like he was able to close out plays and drive players to the boards. He has a long stick. Um, but the th- the thing is, is like how much offensive upside he has. But hearing. Hearing Luke Richardson say, oh, they want puck-moving defensemen who are big and are mobile, like Liam Bixel definitely fits that. Um, he's at number 26. Like uh, Ryan Chesley is another guy. He's at number 25. Uh, he, he's at the USNTDP. He's uh, kind of the same thing as Bixel. Like he's not as big, but kind of the same thing where he's not going to – I don't know how much offense he has, but he's a very mobile, very good defensive defenseman that could – eat a lot of minutes almost kind of like brock faber in a way um number 20 so i have bixel at 30 on my list and chesley at 31 on my list that's that's interesting um back to the list so rucker mcgrady at 27 is someone i look at um what a name by the way i know we're gonna be asked a question i think one of the twitter questions is like what are the best names in the draft record mcgrady's definitely one of them jagan frucus is one of them yeah yeah and that, those are the two those are, <laughs> I, I, I know one of them <laughs> those are the those are the two names rucker mcgrady and jagger frucus those are definitely fucking chad names both, Holy shit. I, exactly um rucker mcgrady he's a very skilled player good shooter as well the big thing is with him is his skating is kind of wonky um not the best skater but um pretty much everything else is there. And if I don't think he gets out of the first round, cause I've heard a lot of things saying, Oh, he's got a, he's a great character. Like he, he, he could be potentially captain material or don't know if he gets out of the first round, but like if that's a guy who maybe starts slipping because of that skating concern, like that's a guy you can move into the, the first round, late first round, potentially take if you're, especially if you're Kyle Davidson. Um, Philip Machar is at number 30. I have him at number 10 because uh, I really like his offensive ability. He did play in Slovakia. They're, again, kind of skating concerns, but like just the, the hands and the shot are there and the ability to do, to do it in the, in the Slovak league. I really want to see how much more he'll develop. Also, he's not the biggest guy either. Like He's 5'10". So. 
I heard he can fly though. Like I, I read Wally's uh, analysis on him too, along with yeah. It, 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 skiing is interesting because like I don't know. Like there, like sometimes I see plays he skates like, hard. Like, That's what yeah. I learned. Yeah, like, but like and there's sometimes I kind of wonder about. It. It's weird. Like sometimes it sees different shit. But anyways, yeah. Phil Mashar, if he gets to 30, like whoever's there is going to get a lucky player. I don't know if he falls out of the first round, but who, like, again, if you're going to move up into the first round, let it be that. It's um, him or oh, Bichelle or one of them. Like, because yeah. I, I don't think Bichelle's going to make it out of the first round. Like, I just oh, no, because it, just from being a 6 5 defenseman alone, he might even go like yeah, his tool set's up. too valuable. Like, yeah. Alone. Mm-hmm. And like the fact that I've seen people saying he can go as high as like 15 this, this week, I'm just like, oh, yeah. definitely. We're not um, even <laughs> just gonna cross that name off the list. Owen Beck is a good one too. Very well-rounded center. He can skate. Um, I don't know if he's gonna be much of a goal scorer. He's a decent playmaker, but like that's probably gonna get, be a guy that's gonna be on your third line. He, he fits exactly. He fits the Blackhawks mo. He's, he has like he has that you know like that motor. He skates hard. He, Come as a, he's a smart two-way center. I think of the like at the block. I don't think he gets out of the first round either. He also could sneak into the second round. But if he's there, I think the Blackhawks could take him because that's like one of the many players in this draft that fits their mo. Jagger Furcus is at thirty-four. God, if I have him at number, I think fifteen. God, please like Kyle Davidson's first draft would be the best name ever. Please. One, the best name. One, he has a two. He has a ginger mustache. Three, he's a damn good hockey player. He's only five ten. And 5'10 is even the biggest concern. He's 150 pounds. Like, he's a small guy. Listen, everyone can put on 20 pounds of muscle in the NHL. Yeah. It's not a big – it's not that hard. Yeah. He'll live in Chicago. I'm not, I'm not worried about that. Like, he scored goals at the WHL. Like, he plays with so much energy and pace. Oh, oh man. That's, like – that's my, my dream scenario if Jagger Furkus could drop. Um, Jack Hughes, not, not the one that's playing right now, but the son of Kent Hughes. It would be interesting if Montreal drafted him. Um, he played it played in in college this year because he's a late 2003 birthday. Good playmaking ability. I think he could be a decent like set, like middle six playmaking two way center. That again, that kind of fits what the Blackhawks are looking for. Um, Callio Delius. Um, you look at his offensive stats; they don't necessarily wow you, but just a very solid mobile puck moving defenseman who can get the puck up the ice. Um, the last player I want to look at. Is Lane Hudson, who is five foot eight. I have him at number fourteen, though. He's five foot eight, one hundred fifty eight pounds. The funny thing with him is that he um, is quite literally still looking to grow. Like I think he's <laughs> what's it called, like an epic something like with with like like bone growth. Like he's trying mm-hmm. to see if he can literally grow more. So he's literally trying to grow his game, but. The like he plays good defense for someone he's his size at someone his age. He's great offensively, he's, he's dynamic, and I guarantee he's gonna follow the first round because of his size. But <laughs> if the Blackhawks like he's a local boy, Chicago, Illinois boy, if he's there at 38, the Blackhawks have to pick him because that could be another Sam Gerard type defenseman where you're like you look at him where it's like the statistical profile is there, the skating is there. Like everything is there, the dy- dynamic ability, but then oh, he's under six feet. So, yeah, but it's like the never-ending knock with NHL GMs. It's like, yes, we will continue to pass on these amazing hockey players because they check notes aren't over six foot. Okay. Yeah, it's That's ridiculous. Great. Like I'm gonna get another Will Scouting. It's like, are you gonna 
not draft a guy because of this kind of difference, you know? Like, that's what I don't understand. Like, <laughs> It's just so backwards, dude. Like, you would think – I thought we passed this. Like, we've literally seen Braden Point and Patrick Kane lift Stanley Cups. Like, come on, guys. Yeah, yeah I'll also <sighs> bring up 5-7, and he's one of the best goal scorers in the NHL. Anyway. Literally. Like, it's – whatever. Not my problem. Yeah. Let, let them <laughs> pull up, please. Give us more options. Um, not my problem. But yeah, those are kind of the guys I'm looking at. Like, there's a lot of guys on this list where I look like I have, like Seamus Casey. I'm looking at number 51. I have him. I've seen the Hawks up. get mock draft for Seamus Casey a couple times. Oh, I would fucking. That's another dream of like mine. with the second second round pick, dude. Give me Seamus Casey. Please. Oh, if I would, I would even take Seamus Casey if they got. You take him 37 round. or 38? Oh hell yeah, I would. Oh word. Okay. Um, David Goyette is there at 45. Uh, that, that's probably another guy who's gonna fall. I would definitely take the the chance on him but that's again i'm just looking at guys that like that are lower on this but then high on my list like leb trick is off he's very interesting a very dynamic forward but the thing is he plays in the mhl the whole russia thing did you see the ivan fedotov thing where he got Dude, crazy yeah. like what is like he's just signed a contract like two months ago yeah like unbelievable stuff that transpired like, yeah so and that's like the cs I think that he's part of the CS CSKA team, which also has another guy I have in the first round, ranked in my first round, which is Vladimir Grudinin, undersized mobile defenseman. But yeah, yeah, you have to wonder about the Russia players, how that's going to work with drafting really, them. There's it a lot sucks of, too. It sucks that yeah. you do, but it, it, it's just the way it is. Like it yeah. really. Fuck. Oh, uh, yeah. Like there's just if Brad Lambert somehow falls. Get him, please. If for I, the love of God, I, get Brad Lambert, please. Yeah, if Ivan Marashnichenko drops because of his health, get him. Uh, Isaac Howard is a guy who could drop because he's only five ten, but he's very. And even there's like skating concerns, but then he's got, he's got the hands, he's got the shooting. Like Liam Ugrin is twenty one. I don't think he goes there. Like I think he goes sooner than that. Noah Usland is interesting because he's a 5'10 center. He's only 164 pounds. Well, he's a very good playmaker. Not a dynamic skill, but I could still see him being like a middle six playmaker. Um, Again, I'm just kind of looking at guys. Uh, Owen Pickering is 23. He's like a 6'4 defenseman. I think in his Bantam draft, he was like 5'7 or something. And oh, he's like shit. growing. He's growing all the like growing out over the past like few years, which is crazy. Denton Machuk is interesting. That's... He's at twenty four, and I've like... heard that name like a lot. Like yeah. I've seen it all over the place on mock drafts. What are your thoughts? I have Denton Machuk at twenty. Not because again, not because I don't like him, but it's just there's more guys with more upside. Like he's a perfectly fine defenseman. Like he's grown a lot in his game. Like literally, like he's growing. Like he's a more undersized guy, but he can move the puck. His skating is impressive. Again, there's some work to be done in the defensive zone, but not that much. He's also a late birthday, like an or like an or like a July birthday, so he'll he'll be ter- barely turning eighteen, in like a couple weeks, I think. So, uh, yeah. Um, the the thing is with the draft, there's so much uncertainty, but that if anything, that plays into the Blackhawks' favor because there's going to be players that drop. Um, Hopefully, they get their stink of win this year. Oh, yes, please, revenge for last year, please. Um, so the guys I'm really gonna keep an eye on is uh, I'm gonna keep an eye on Noah Uslan because uh, I've kind of seen him all over the place. I'm gonna keep an eye on Philip Mashar because that's someone who could drop. 
I'm going to keep an eye on Jagger Furcus, Jack Hughes, um, and Lane Hudson and David Goya. Those are and Seamus Casey as well. Those are kind of like the six, seven guys that I'm really going to keep an eye on because there's a good chance he can fall. Like I'm looking at some of these other names where I'm like Rucker McGordy's ranked at 27, but I just don't see him going that low. Even Liam Big So, like number 26, I don't see him going that low because he's a Big So will go top 20. Just yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, and. The reason why, even though the Blackhawks don't have a, a top 10 pick, I wanted to try to cover as much as I could because you never know. They Next time we're top, we're on this podcast, they could very well have one if they trade to bring it. Um, that's pretty much all I have to say um, about the draft. If you want more information, you can look at my draft rankings. Um I'm literally, I'm literally redoing them. Like I'll have them updated tomorrow. But yeah, it's just pisses me off sometimes because it's so nice to make a list, but then you gotta keep adding. You keep, you keep tinkering it. Yeah, exactly. You can never be satisfied. But yeah, definitely tomorrow will be the last time I touch it. Anyways, um, that's pretty much it for the draft. I don't know if you have anything else to add, but uh, I. There's gonna be a good, there's gonna be good players that fall the Blackhawks at 38, even if they don't get a first round pick, even whether it's top 10 or like top 25. Just need to start filling out that force forward prospect pool. That's that's the big thing. Like, obviously, if there's like a skilled defenseman like Lane Hudson or Seamus Casey that falls, because I have both of them in my top 15, I would go after them. But like, dude, if Jagger Fergus falls, oh my god, please. It'd be, um, it'd be nice. <laughs> It would be nice. There's even some like Logan Stankov into his game. So, oh, God. please. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, so, yeah, the first Twitter question was kind of like regarding Denton Machachuk. So, I kind of already touched on that. Um, so, we have five replies on this one. So, this is from Jacob. If the Hawks moves into the first round, what pick do you want and what package do you think gets it? Well, one thing, I think the only way they get into the first round is either by packaging their second-round picks to move into the late 20s or it's going to be the third of the Brinkett trade. Like, I just don't know what what other player on that team would get you, like, a like a, I don't know, like a mid-first-round pick. Patrick Kane, but they're not going to do the trade at the draft, so. No. no. That's the only other guy that can get you a first like that. Murphy can yeah. maybe get you a first. I was going to say Connor Murphy maybe, but are they going to move Connor Murphy? They just extended know. him. Like, yeah. they just extended him. So I just don't see that happening. No, you're right. It's you keep, but it's really either you pack. It's you acquire second round pick, another second round pick, and that gives you like a couple second round picks to package up in the late twenties, or you get a top ten pick with the brink kit. It's either that. Um, either way, if the Blackhawks could, because there's so many teams they could they, they can trade with like New Jersey they could get second overall if it's second overall I definitely go with Logan Cooley because that's exactly what they need a speedy skilled center who's going to be their hopefully their first line center of the future well actually hopefully second line center of the future because hopefully they get Connor Bedard next year um if they get like Seattle number four um again I would see what forwards are there I don't know if they necessarily need a defenseman but at the same time if they pick like they go Nemanch. I can't even be mad at him. Yeah, Nemanch or even Yurchuk. You can't even be mad. Um, if five or seven, pick, though. That's yeah. where it gets interesting. Five mm-hmm. and seven is interesting. I would pick either Savoy or Nizar, which everyone is there because they need a high-end skill tenor who plays with pace. And kind of Savoy and Nizar both fit that. But I think 
Nazar plays plays with more. I think he's a bit more engaged in his game. Like he's more well well rounded. I think Nazar just seems like they would fit more. So I'd say definitely say that. Um, yeah, I was gonna say like if they have five or seven, I wouldn't be surprised if they go Cutter Gauthier either. Oh, but if Cutter Gauthier is somehow there, I wouldn't. Even be if Cutter Gauthier is there at seven, you take him. Like oh, definitely. But. Nazar is probably my priority if I'm in that range. Like that's a skill forward that you can immediately build off of going yeah. forward. And he's not and it's not a forward that has to be there day one either. That's a guy who's not no, they be can take their time with them and they show them that they're gonna take time with their prospects. Exactly. Um who do you think will be the dr- biggest draft day surprise? This is from so the last question from Jacob. This question is from MP. Um I think the biggest I think I'm going to say this. I think Cutter Gochi goes third to Arizona. That is like a hot take. Like, I, and I can see it happening 100%. Like, he's got that, he's got that goal scoring upside and that size to where GMs could just look past everything. Um, in terms of my surprise, I'm trying to think. Um, huh. You know what? Frank Nazar goes top five. That's mine. Like, he goes fifth. Like, I, I genuinely think he will go fifth. Someone's going to see the upside. I hope. Because this might yeah. be another zero. I don't hope. I hope he falls and falls to the Blackhawks. Fall, 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 fall. And then we can get him. And then he can be great oh, yeah. with us. But, um, yeah, I think Frank Nazar goes way higher than what – at least what the, the main scouts are projecting. Like, I know a lot of us are high on him. But, yeah, like the you said, McKenzie's got him, what, 15th? Like, yeah. yeah. He's going to go higher than that. <laughs> um, this is from Wally who has the best name in the draft so kind of again we touched on that my personal favorite is Marcel Marceau I think I've seen that before it wasn't there like an Ivan Ivan the last year I think Um, but no I already said this Rutger McGordy and Jagger Fergus those are fucking Chad names Rutger McGordy is the name like <laughs> out of the normal and the second part is out of the normal spe- suspects so basically top 15 who has the highest ceiling so I kind of touched on that earlier um, I think Logan Cooley does have the highest upside. Uh, Shane Wright would probably be second. And then, like, Matthew Zavoy is in there. Then Yuri Slavkovsky and then Frank Nazar. I think those are kind of the five guys that look with highest upside. Brad Lambert's right outside there, too. Like, you can kind of lump those six or so guys into the top five for the highest upside, I'd say. Um, kind of in my rankings, it's interesting because that number, like – 10 through 15 is interesting because I have Philip Mashar at 10. I have Seamus Casey at 11. I have Club Trikasov at 12. Isaac Howard at 13. Lane Hudson at 14. Jagger Furkus at 15. Kevin Korchitsky at 16. Those are kind of the guys where maybe there aren't ranked as high. Well, Kevin Korchinski is, but like the other guys I listed aren't ranked as high, but I just believe so much in their skill and upside. So those are some other guys I would include in there, definitely. Um... Let's look for the next question. This is from Will um, at Willie Styles. Draft day trade predictions. Ha, uh, well, not the one I like, but he's getting traded at the draft. Like I, I have I have gone through all the five stages of grief. Alex. Oh I, yeah, I think I've, I accepted a long time ago. I think DeBrink is going to get traded, but at the same he's time, gone. I do I do think they get a good package from. I think. What you go. <laughs> No, I was going to say, but if we're going to go off of a hot take, Jeff Petrie is getting traded at the draft. That's mm-hmm. mine. I, I, Jeff Petrie to Dallas or something. 
It's gonna happen. We're like, like the other hot name because like the Brinkett's the first one that comes to mind. Obviously, because we're Blackhawks. Yes, for Brad. He's on the list. Bro, he's coming to Chicago. Woo! Which I I don't understand that. If you're trained to bring it, why would you trade for Brad? Like, yeah. Whatever. But yeah, I don't I don't know if it's a I think because like it might be a smaller move, honestly. Like it might just be like a maybe Georgiev's rights get moved at the draft, or like Dubois gets moved to the draft. I could see that. Um Chitrin might finally get moved. Ooh, yeah, yeah. That could be one. Um, cool. There's another big name I'm missing on there. I just – I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, yes, the Pugliarvi apparently is available. Dude, that's another guy of – the Blackhawks can somehow like – Take a flyer. Like Strom or something or trade one of those second – Dude, would you do those 38th for Pugliarvi straight up? Yeah, I would. I probably would too, yeah. Not, not because, like, there's again, there's gonna be players that fall, but like, Jesse Pearly Arby, that's the kind of guy, like, that's kind of like Val Nachushkin. Like, Edmonton's making a big mistake if they let go, if they trade him, mm-hmm. which looks like they're gonna. Not my problem, as we always yeah, like exactly, to say. Exactly. Not yeah. my problem. <laughs> what's, what's the thing? Kyle Davidson, call all the stupid GMs. Literally, you better have them all on like a fucking speed dial. Speed dial. Because I know everyone had Sam Bowman on speed dial. So I don't blame them. And now they just burned his number to the ground and good. They threw out their Rolodex because that's how old NHL GMs are. Old fashioned they are. Hmm. Um of course I exited out of Twitter because I'm not organized. Um so this is from Ben at Ben Sasquatch. 33 thoughts about the sharks currently going into the draft without a GM or coach. We kind of touched on that earlier, but uh, yeah, they better be hiring a GM probably tomorrow because the coach, you can wait a bit, but like the draft is in less than a week. You better trust your scouting department at this point. Like, dude, that's a like, okay. The only thing I can think about this, like in recent history and any other sport is the New York Jets at one point jets went into a draft. I think it was three years ago with their old management group, right? And they fired the GM after the draft. And it's just like, I would have not let the GM pick with my eight-plus picks if I'm going to fire him right after. That's kind of like simple. No, but, but that's the point, though. It's just like, they made the move at the right time, but at the same time, you might have a draft that's going to end up not meaning anything to the GM in the long run because he's not going to have the – unless he's – like maybe a good – like as a good GM probably does. He probably does his scouting on his own time, so he has his own list of guys that he probably thinks fit that organization. So maybe it'll work, but it's just like it's – a, it's a big ask for a GM to go right into G- our free agency and stuff. Like at least the Blackhawks were smart enough to be like, yeah, we need to hire Davidson in like February so he can have – months to assess this roster and see what he needs to fix. You're asking a lot out of Ray Whitney or whoever they're going to pick up. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Literally, I think that's how the Blackhawks draft went last year. We're not going to be here long, so we'll just pick the guys I like. That's, exactly. That's we'll make Megan Hunter do it, too. Just... And not even like – she doesn't – Not even for a good reason. It's just a safe face. Literally just being, hey, hey, women. Literally just to say, I'm in Anyways, we'll, we'll, so we'll, frustrating. We'll that 
And that's the thing. Like, the draft was so bad last year that you can only go up. That's why I'm looking so for, much forward to it because it's going to be better than it was last year. Well, yeah. We or actually, that. There, there's actually one – like, there's going to be good vibes going into it, I guess. Like, there's, like, something new, you know? Like, it's not going to be this. All I hope is that Alex and Brinky get traded before I walk into the Bell Center. Because I don't want to deal with that kind of stress. <laughs> Could you I don't want to deal with that. The whole crowd is going crazy, and there's just, like, the two of us sitting there like, <laughs> Motherfucker! <laughs> Me sitting there in my Debrinky jersey at the draft. <laughs> oh, no. Bro, um, literally, I'm, like... Like the Toy Story two meme of like Andy with like, I don't want to play, play with, with you. you. That's me with all of my former Hawks jerseys. Like I made the joke when I was like ten, dude. I can make a quilt out of all the former Hawks jerseys and shirts I have. It's crazy, like, bro. I like I got like a Brian Bickle jersey, bro. Like, oh, that's kind of that's kind of Chad. Honestly, though, like twenty fourteen, definitely worth it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, yeah. Please trade Alex to bring it before Bell Center because, like, I don't want to be sitting there in a stressed out mess the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> like, the new imagine we're doing, into. yeah, could you imagine we're doing like an interview with Emily Kaplan that breaks? Dude, <laughs> we're like sitting there with Emily Kaplan, she's like checking her phone. I'm like, is everything okay? She's like, oh, is yeah. there a trade coming through right now? <laughs> we're just like, hello? <laughs> and she's like, uh, you guys might want to sit down for this. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's the thing like that's why Emily Kaplan's so great because not only is she able to break these streets she was a freaking she's part of the broadcast team that was in the stock like she's so versatile she's so awesome oh she's like, literally I, like one of the best gonna, assets ESPN has right now yeah, she's like we're, use we're her the most her, you can please yeah. now we're gonna pick her brain on like what's going on with the Blackhawks but like we can also just talk to her about like Life. Like how it is really, yeah. Like, like I'm literally gonna ask her how was this, how was covering the playoffs this year because she was there every night for every game. Yeah, dude. Like, I gotta imagine the travel and stuff was crazy. She probably has had like a, a day off in like nine months, and then she gets to do a podcast with us. How fun! No, it just shows how good of a person she is. Like honestly, exactly. she's the best. Same with I was Will like, Scouts. I, was I can't like, wait to can't I, like literally can't wait for Will to just give me like a fucking downpour of what to expect going into Montreal in two days. Oh, yeah. Like I even like I was even like texting Emily and 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 I was just like oh yeah this is gonna be my first time meeting with Dylan like in person so you'll get to be part of this and she's like that's awesome love it <laughs> dude she's and the even Will Scouts was like dude congratulations on that I'm like it's already good enough we got you but like we got Emily Kaplan like that's pretty cool dude it's just. It, it's it's cool because like it's it's gonna be a fun week, man. It's gonna oh, be it will fun be week. fun, definitely. Oh man, I can't wait. Looking forward to it. You have any questions? Yeah. No, that's it. Oh, Maybe there we, we go. Can, uh, wrap her up, dude. We've almost two. We had an end game. We had a Spider-Man. I know. That's what, that's what. That's what these. I remember the the one we did last year. What the expansion draft? It was like over three hours. Like, oh, it has to be. There's too much to talk about. Especially. Like, if there weren't all those like coaching signings and stuff, this probably would have been like an hour and a half. But like, yeah, probably. But yeah, so much shit. It's the calm before the storm. Storm really, literally. Like, and also, we gotta get everything. Like, cause you know, tomorrow everyone's getting traded. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like uh, Alex, the Brinkett traits are starting to heat up. I'm gonna get that text at 8 a.m. from Friedman, or not text, but yeah. that tweet notification. And it's just like, ah, like, yay. Yeah, it looks like the Brinkett's heading heading to blah 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 blah. Things are Ottawa's the front yeah. runner, and then they're not the front runner. Yeah. <laughs> but um, 
this is a good show though. We haven't had a long show in a minute, so I know. Nice. I I I soon I, going into it, I'm like, I want to make this a long show. Not that I'm like, oh, we're dragging out as long as I can, but like, no. we want to be in depth. We've had some short shows lately too. Like, yeah, it, this is honestly like I feel like we had one of our live streams go shorter than this podcast because like Probably, it's there were some right quick forward. Stanley Cup yeah. final it's games. Like, it's like two and a half hours to stream a game roughly. Oh yeah, but it's a good listen for people like. Our fans like yeah. the longer streams, from what I've heard. So, mm-hmm. our listeners, I'm not going to call them fans because they're normal, nice, upstanding Bam. citizens of the community. Hell yeah. But yes. Not stands either. Yeah, not stands. Well, be... stands appear only, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Actually, no, no, Jimmy's no, no, no. got a lot of stands. If we're being honest, know, Jimmy's got a lot the of only, fans. The only person that deserves stands is Stevie. Honestly, yes. Stevie needs all the fans. Yeah, like, that's right. we just seen a podcast one day where it's Stevie, Apollo, and Maggie. We just put them all on the oh. screen. Put <laughs> goosebumps, man. Oh my gosh. You just hear like Maggie start barking. <laughs> Apollo starts yapping and fucking <laughs> Stevie starts rubbing her head on the desk. It's yeah, literally. Like... Literally, that's Stevie. The that's PGS true. cast zoology edition. <laughs> Zootopia edition. <laughs> <laughs> Oh what would that be? The MPS cast, the PMS, <laughs> the PMS cast, the PMS cast. <laughs> or no, 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 no. It'd be the AMS cast because I, I was thinking, I was just thinking Paulo instead of Apollo, but like you know, what? PMS is still down. PMS is way funnier. Than the PMS yeah. cast, the, P- the PIMS cast. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh. Anyways, that's a good place to end it off. Hope you guys enjoyed this this long episode. Um, give us a five star rating. <laughs> also find you and I'll kill you. No, no. Wow. I I can't. He just like um, me for real. He, he just like me for real. Um, no, but yeah. Please do give us a five star rating. We're really hoping that uh, when we head to Montreal, that's when we'll start to take off. We're interviewing those big people, being exposed to all that. Um. Hope you enjoy. Happy Canada Day if you're Canadian. Happy Canada July Day. July 1st day. Um, happy Independence Day to Americans on July 4th because I'm pretty sure this will be the last episode. We might have a special guest coming on tomorrow. I don't know yet, but keep you updated on the Twitter. But yeah, other than that, like this will be our last regular show until Montreal. Dude, the next time it's just you and I, it's going to be Montreal. Well, with Will Scouch. <laughs> but... <laughs> Wednesday's going to be a fever dream. Like, holy oh, shit. Yeah. I'm going to, like, land in Montreal, and it's like, all right, I got an interview in, like, three hours. I need to yeah, get the fuck out of customs. Yeah. But, the, but the nice thing is, is that we we just go straight to our Airbnb, and then you move. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. It, it, dude, trust me. Like, this is the best kind of stress I can have. Oh, I know. It's like, I got to interview this person. Oh, Shit. no, I got to go no, do no. fucking fun stuff of my yeah. life. Like, this is yeah. not, like, come on. Dude, I can't wait. I'm, like... With for me, for for me, it's like the excitement doesn't hit till I start getting really close. And like this last week, I'm just like, yeah, oh, no. it's like right around the fucking corner, dude. And like yeah. we're not now that we're a week away, it's just like holy shit. Like, <laughs> away, it's like five days. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I dude, fucking Wednesday. Like that's that's not even that far away. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, no, I, again, that was a nice show. Nice talking to you, Schmitty. The next time we'll be doing this, we'll be in uh, Montreal, Quebec. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! So, again, thank you all for tuning in. Enjoy your Canada Day or Independence Day. 
wherever you may be from. And uh, bye-bye.